2: I'm sorry.
1: 65 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Card will hand it off for Roshan Johnson through the car wash. Johnson stays up. Oh,
3: oh, no, he didn't.
4: Touchdown.
3: That is absolutely insane from Roshan Johnson.
4: 65 Sports is presented by IdealMRI.com. High quality MRIs for $497 or less. IdealMRI.com. Your health is important, so is your budget.
1: And he'll be satisfied with this play. A beautiful twisting interception in the air. 65 sports is also brought to you by Texas Farm Bureau Insurance. Protecting Texans since 1952. Levis throws he's picked up! Going the other way is Forbes! And indeed a pivotal play as Mississippi State steals one! <laughs> Have you subscribed to our YouTube channel? Search 365 Sports on YouTube. Brought to you by TFNB, your bank for life.
3: For the 29-yard line on 39. Clean pocket now for Thompson, who will just
2: heave it. And it's caught. Drake Palmer behind the defense.
1: Touchdown, Nebraska. Now here's David Smoke, Paul Catalina, and Craig Smoke. All right, here we go on this Tuesday
5: afternoon, wrapping up the month of April by the end of the week on Sunday. Hard to imagine. It's as if it's been a blur, blur for March and April. A lot of things to get to. We will have more discussion as Baylor at some point, perhaps. We don't know when. They'll, they'll make their decision. Dave Aranda, Jeff Grimes, and Sean Bell and company on their quarterback one. But some transfer portal news today. Super Bowl odds that changed because Aaron Rodgers is now in New York. And how did it also affect the Packers? and uh, a couple of other notes, and Super Bowl-winning quarterback Matthew Stafford from Highland Park High School, Georgia, and now with the Rams. We'll join us at the bottom of the hour. Mac Rhodes, Craig, with football spring drills over. We'll have off the radar for the first time in a while. Silas Janzy. Virginia Tech offensive tackle, as we do some of those under-the-radar sleeper-type draft prospects, John McClain, Hall of Famer, and Paul Catalina's top five. Let's start with this one, Notre Dame quarterback, Tyler Buckner has entered the transfer portal. Uh, Hartman, the quarterback there from Wake Forest, Buckner is a pretty good player. And you wonder, and when you see some of the initial, hmm, what about Alabama? What about maybe Auburn? What about some? Because he's obviously a pretty good player but did not win the job over Sam Hartman. And Tyler Buckner is now in the transfer portal.
6: Yeah, um, John Hammond um, on the on the chat room says he's visiting Alabama today. I have I've not heard that yet, but if that's true, you know, kind of, you know, leads into the, you know, little rumors that maybe they were looking for somebody with more veteran presence. Tyler Buckner got hurt very early in the year, last year, uh, and didn't play for a long time, played in the bowl game, uh, and looked really good for Notre Dame. He's got a lot of potential, uh, but Notre Dame wants to strike with the iron's hot, and that's why they went and got Sam Hartman out of the portal. Sam Hartman and Notre Dame were a great fit. Tyler Buckner becomes... You know, maybe not the best overall player in the portal, but he certainly is now the most sought after because he's a quarterback who has a ton of upside and he has a ton of eligibility remaining. So that is, um, that is, you know, kind of a double whammy when it comes to picking somebody up. And I would think that there are two other schools in the SEC, Auburn and Florida, that, uh, would really love to get a visit from him. And I guess we'll see if that happens. But Tyler Buckner could certainly. At least upgrade the forecast for a couple teams uh, if he if he does uh, in fact go there.
5: Offensive coordinator at Ball- Alabama is Tommy Reese. Yep. He was at Notre Dame, so there's also that connection, Craig.
7: Yeah, I mean he, uh, you know, didn't beat out Sam Hartman, but that's what you were hoping for if you were Notre Dame. I mean that would have been, uh, you know, a bad situation. I think to have had this highly heralded pickup and then he's unable to beat out the guy who was your your guy last year so I mean that worked out the way it was supposed to in South Bend and oh boo-hoo Tyler Buckner doesn't get to start at Notre Dame he'll probably just now go sign a million dollar NIL deal with uh, any number of national championship contenders so that's his his uh, prize for finishing second place in Notre Dame's quarterback competition so hard to to hate that too much for him although obviously he wanted to be the guy for the Irish didn't win the job and so not a bad option to then go into the transfer portal and probably make yourself a bit of scratch and and yeah potentially start for a team like Alabama. Um, obviously, as you mentioned, there's others involved or that could be involved that would make sense. Um, but Alabama's quarterback spot has been, you know, a big talking point all spring of just the fact that they don't feel. Uh, Clearly, like they have the guy, or at least that's just the vibes that have been sent out from Nick Saban and Tuscaloosa. uh, That there's, you know, constantly been this sort of chatter about them making a move in the portal. So, certainly seems like they'll be one of those teams lined up, especially because of the Reese factor that you mentioned. Auburn would make a lot of sense as well. Um, Florida, you know, as Paul said, and I'm sure there's some others, uh, too, that the chat room can chime in on, but. All that to say, like, yeah, he lost the starting quarterback job in Notre Dame. It could be one of the best things that ever ends up happening <laughs> yeah. to him, quite frankly. I mean, at least as far as finishing out his college career. So we'll see. But, yeah, um, that's a big name and, and certainly the biggest quarterback this go-round uh, because there was such a you know outpouring of guys in December after the season wrapped up in January. But as far as the post-spring uh, part that we're now entering, yeah, this is the the big splash Uh, of the spring period what would that say now he's good he played a
5: couple of games he got hurt against Marshall uh they he then came back and played against South Carolina in the Gator Bowl and played well three touchdowns he threw three interceptions he's pretty good what would that say if Alabama reaches out to him with Milrow and Ty and Ty Simpson is that is that like Man, cuz you heard some reports again. I wasn't at the game, did not watch the game that Alabama's quarterbacks were erratic in their spring game.
6: Yeah, I I do think. I mean, you saw how Alabama played when Bryce Young went out last year. It was there was a drop-off. And usually in the Nick Saban era, there hasn't been much of a drop-off. The other guy goes out and you can see that, well, next year they'll be just fine. You know, it, it yep. you know, it, it this is the part where it dips off and maybe for the first time in in over a decade Nick Saban feels a little bit of outside pressure I mean nobody's going to put more pressure on Nick Saban than he puts on himself but look Georgia's won two national championships in a row and does not look like they're going anywhere I mean it doesn't they're they're reloading and you know they they're outspending everybody when it comes to recruiting so if you're Nick Saban and You know, I don't know if he's towards the end of his coaching career, but I would say that he doesn't have as long left as Kirby Smart does. If you want to, you know, have the last decade of your coaching career be as good as it can be, you can't let somebody lap you. And George is lapping everybody right now. So, yeah, you're probably not going to have as much room for error as you did before. And if those guys aren't ready to go, then they're not ready to go. They almost lost to, like, with Milrow starting, almost lost to a a very mediocre A&M team last year. Yeah, uh, they
5: did win the bowl game handily uh, when they beat Kansas State the way they did in the Sugar Bowl.
7: Uh, Go ahead. They should. I mean, they should be beating Kansas State. Um, You know, K-State. Would have liked to have kept that game closer, but even with Alabama's struggles, we're looking at a program that Chris Kleiman's been building up for a couple years versus this dynasty that Nick Saban's had for well over a decade now at this point. So, you know, that wasn't really all that surprising of an outcome, but um, even still, if they're not – you know, um, strong at quarterback, that will be the first time in what seems like quite a long while where they haven't had much of a sure thing. I mean, sure there's been debates like Tua and Jalen Hurts and who's better and all that, but it was never a question of like how good is the actual guy. Like you you always knew that whoever it was, whoever they picked at any moment was going to be a pretty good player, I feel like. And I think this is the first time that you're like, Why do they not have like a dude, like a like a number one overall pick dude in the room right now, or at least not ready right now. Um, so it is a little bit of a different territory. But, yeah, I understand Tommy Reese and why uh, Alabama is is so attractive and why that would be a great landing spot for him. But, you know, like I said, there's various other teams uh, that are also – probably looking for quarterbacks at this moment and we already mentioned a couple of them in the sec alone and uh that might be easier to win those starting jobs than it would be in tuscaloosa still um no matter what the thought process might be we got to remember how high the bar is in alabama for that job so yeah i I think bama makes a lot of sense but i don't think that that'll by any means be the only person or or program that that puts their name in the hat
6: yeah and and this is a, a little bit different but um Texas, when they won in 05, and then they they went, like, they had this run of where you looked around the state, and you're like, okay, who is going to catch these guys? Like, they were just – Mac was hitting on everything for for a while. That's why you win a national championship. so they were hitting on everything, and like, yeah, you lose a game at the end, but overall, it's really hard to win a national championship, so the fact that he'd done it and was always in contention, that's where you really want to be. Well, Nick Saban is now in that period where he has controlled the SEC for long enough that now – In the subsequent years, everybody's hiring people to beat specifically Nick Saban. Sure. And so now you've got the best assistant he's ever had in Kirby Smart, beating him uh, at every turn now, and they're winning back-to-back national titles. LSU, which was always a threat but disorganized, guess what? They've got a a coach that's organized now. Tennessee was in the wilderness – and now they've got a real athletic director and looks like a real head coach for the first time in a very long time. And so you've got those three around you where you can't just assure that you're going to be the top one every single year. Yeah, you're probably going to make moves that you maybe would not have made in the in the previous couple of years.
5: couple of other college football discussion nuggets. Uh, Brennan Thompson, former Texas wide receiver, a guy that could flat out run but was stuck in a depth chart filled with talent. Uh, Has transferred to Oklahoma. It's always interesting. There's players who transfer in conference, and it's it's interesting though when you have a rivalry like that. When one player goes from one place to another, he ends up now at Oklahoma. One of the interesting nuggets on the chat room right now. We'll get back to Brendan Thompson from Spearman, Texas. Is Caleb Burton, who was a four-star, highly recruited wide receiver from Lake Travis, who has fed Ohio State with what they had with Garrett Wilson. Uh, He has now entered the transfer portal. He was hurt early in spring drills back in March and uh, looking for a new home. Not sure if that means going back closer to home with Lake Travis in Austin or what, but Brendan Thompson, Craig, to Oklahoma.
7: Yeah, it's a good pickup. I mean, he's a fast guy. He's a track guy. Didn't do much of substance uh, last year for Texas. I mean, he appeared in a bunch of games, but he had like one catch, I think, on the year. So, I mean, if you blinked, you missed it. Um, But he does have speed, and I mean, I guess what we do know is watching the Oklahoma uh, version of the offense that was here in Waco for so long is that uh, you don't have to be an all-around polished wide receiver to go and and do some damage in that offense. Um, They can work with speed and just a little bit of the other stuff as well, and I don't know Brennan Thompson's, you know, profile and, you know, grades on... All the different intangibles, but I do know he's super fast. And so he's super fast. They'll find a way to get him open in that offense with Jeff Levy. That's what I think, at least. I mean, that's, you know, they didn't have a bunch of all around wide receivers when they were rolling the offense through Waco. It was a bunch of guys who were just really fast and could catch or were really fast and could kind of catch or. Point being, they were all really fast, and they found, you know, with their wide splits and just the design, uh, ways to get them in open space and to use that speed. And so he'll have every opportunity to do that with Jeff Lebby and Norman, Oklahoma. So, yeah, I think that it makes a lot of sense from that standpoint, Um, and that just adds more speed to, you know, a a team that definitely wants as much of it as it can get.
5: There was a story, and I'm looking at it. I just Googled Brendan Thompson. I know of him, obviously a, a phenomenal sprinter, and and was a good football player. A story written back in uh, the spring of, I guess, after the 22 signing class, uh, is four-star Texas wide receiver Brendan Thompson the steal of the 2022 class, and a year later, he's now in the transfer portal. But that also happens when you have... Uh, Dylan Mitchell come in, and you can see they're just dripping with big play potential. Nayor, healthy, worthy, without the broken hand, has something to prove. Maybe a chip on his shoulder among the other weapons they have. He's stuck behind the depth chart. You still love to see him go through the process, but he can go maybe make an impact quickly somewhere else, and in this case, in Norman.
6: Well, and look, I, I think that if you're a wide receiver, you go play in that offense. Like Craig said, it's really smart. And Oklahoma, the one thing that I was kind of surprised at was last year was they had Marvin Mims who was kind of a big play wide receiver and then you're kind of like, well, what else you got? You know, Drake Stoops was very reliable. I mean, like he would – he's going to make a play for you, but the fact that even though they lost a bunch of guys in the transfer portal and all that, it was very surprising that all of a sudden Oklahoma at that particular spot was just so thin. So Brendan Thompson can come in and and probably make an instant impact just because – you know, for the first time in a long time, they just did not have guys who were burners, playmakers, and guys, you know, not maybe Mr. Dependables like Drake Stoops, but holy cow, how did that guy get behind me? Well, they
5: had Brown, who's in the NFL, and they had, you know, they they had CeeDee Lamb, and not only to the quarterbacks, but, of course, they had these great run of receivers, and uh, uh, Mims, obviously, was one of them. Uh, Paxton in the chat room trying to say that maybe Brendan Thompson could be a, a D.D. Westbrook, who's in the NFL, who was phenomenal out of Yo High School in Cameron. I don't know if he's in that, that – you know, I don't know if he produces like that, but D.D. Westbrook obviously was huge for Oklahoma offense.
7: Yeah, I mean, they got the speed in common. Uh, I don't know about the rest of it. We'll, you know, wait and see how that goes. I think, you know, last year they actually had a pretty okay group, I mean, in terms of numbers, but that's one thing about – You know, what uh, that style of offense does is the numbers can be a bit misleading. So you see a bunch of guys that have like 400-plus yards and multiple touchdowns, and you would think like, wow, what a packed room, but it really didn't feel that way at all uh, last year. It felt like that wasn't the case. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, the more... Uh, speed you can add and more playmakers you can add. I think, you know, the more the merrier for Brent Venables and Jeff Lebby and, and that staff. So, yeah, I definitely see a place for him. Um, be interesting post-Marvin Mims uh, to see exactly what that room looks like. But they, you know, you do have to say uh, that Lincoln Riley left them with some, left, you know, leftovers. I mean, he did take some of their – you know, the Mario Williams is of the world with him uh, when he left. So uh, that, that definitely made an impact and they're adjusting, but that's, what's the great thing about the portal. So yep. we'll one will of see.
5: The, one of the other things about it, he had one catch for 32 yards last year and with Worthy somewhat in and out. And with the uh, hurt, um, he had one catch for 32 yards. It may not have been him. It may have been just the, the way things were going, but he had the one catch against Oklahoma state back in late October. One note on UCF: They picked up Ryan Davis. He's an outside linebacker. Uh, he is now committed to UCF. He's from there. He had four years at Georgia. He, uh, he uh, excuse me visited UCF. He'll now be a part of Gus Malzahn and UCF is a transfer linebacker, and I think still have two years left of eligibility. Craig, which one did you just show? I couldn't see that.
7: Yeah, I mean no, that's a that's a good pickup for UCF and be very interested in tracking the four new schools and how they alter their rosters here over the next year or so just kind of what they go after and then you know what they learn and what they adjust to um but yeah i mean that seems to be on paper a pretty good pickup can't go wrong too often with picking up georgia guys and he's a florida guy originally so he's coming back home if anything but um yeah uh, on the other side of uh of this news is just another post that came down uh, another new addition to the Big 12, uh, this time in Fort Worth. This is coming out a couple of minutes ago, but uh, Oregon State quarterback Chance Nolan has committed to TCU uh, to give them some depth. Uh, they've been searching all spring long for it seems like another quarterback. Uh, we know that they've been uh, you know involved with some of the same guys that Baylor's been going after. They landed, what's his name, uh, uh, the high school quarterback the other day, uh, Huts, uh, I can't remember his name now, but Hoss anyway, Haney. Huh? Hoss Haney, yeah, Hoss Haney. Thank you. Uh, they landed him the other day. That was one of the teams or one of the players that they had kind of uh, interacted over. Um, but it was clear that TCU was was looking for another <laughs> quarterback for next season, and um, sure enough, they they got a guy Chance Nolan who's uh, played a good bit. So interesting pickup for them out of the Pac-12. Uh, All right, I believe.
5: good. I'm glad you saw that one. I did not. Jake uh, Jack Tucker from Tech. Three years left of eligibility, entered the transfer portal. His brother, Wes, is on the Baylor roster. Not saying there's any connection there, but he's from Argyle. He has entered the transfer portal. That came out, uh, I guess, sometime yesterday. Now, with uh, the Aaron Rodgers trade. By the way, Matthew Stafford just around the corner, and he'll join us. He's going to be inducted into the Texas High School Football Hall of Fame a week from Saturday at the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. With the Aaron Rodgers trade. Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, and San Francisco still remain the four favorites to win the Super Bowl from Caesar's Sportsbook. The Jets jumped to five because of Rodgers. They were plus 2,500, they're now plus 1,400, and that snuck them in front of Dallas and also ahead of the Chargers, Jaguars, and the Lions. The Aaron Rodgers trade also pushed the Packers back to plus 5,000 at now 50 to 1 odds. To win the Super Bowl,
6: I—I I mean, like, I get it, <laughs> yeah, because it's—it's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I do think though they—you—you've know, you, got Brees Hall coming off a torn ACL, and he was fantastic before he got hurt, uh, but he's still coming off the ACL. I don't know about their defense overall. They've got some nice parts to that so far, like Sauce Gardner was was absolutely fantastic uh, in his rookie year. But yeah, the defense probably needs to get a little better, um, but weapons i mean like garrett wilson a great rookie year um you know Corey davis is still there although i don't know if he makes it but they brought in guys that he likes like alan lazard um you know to, well, the,
5: the the offensive coordinator the quarterbacks coach who yeah. came in from denver hackett yeah so it you know, was with yeah. him in green bay
6: so it'll be interesting to see what the, the jets do they still had to play the bills twice though you know like that you know just because aaron Rodgers is there let's not forget that josh allen uh, is the king of that division right now
7: no yeah yeah, he's a great player. Um, certainly, not surprising at all to see him boost their odds. Uh, I'm more of a wait and see guy, though. I'm just not convinced that oh, boom, he's the he's the magic elixir to taking the Jets from laughing stock to Super Bowl contenders. But he does have some weapons around him, as y'all mentioned. And Garrett Wilson is fresh off of what Rookie of the Year honors, so uh, he'll have more in some ways than he had for the last several years in Green Bay. Uh, what him and Lazard can reconnect, and you know that should make for a pretty smooth transition. So yeah, I mean definitely a lot of reasons for optimism. But I don't know about them jumping into the top five Super Bowl contenders. I don't. I don't think I'm ready to quite go there. But we still have the draft in a couple of days, so who knows what they add on to what they already have? But yeah, very curious how Green Bay now, as much as New York, I'm, I'm equally as curious how Green Bay starts to add pieces. And I think the joke's been made a thousand times already, but. Uh, I think everybody wants to see them go heavy offensive weapons post Rodgers in the draft. Just as a little bit of a just a little zinger, uh, given how comedic it became over time, the amount of picks that they just did not spend on guys to put around Aaron Rodgers. It was like a it's like a gag or something. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm be, very curious to see how both move forward here in the next few days. Wouldn't
5: that be interesting? if this year in the draft, they go and draft a wide receiver like one of the best receivers if anyone might be available when they're up last night just a quick nba note i covered this young man at tyler junior college you've heard me say that a couple of times before but jimmy butler scored 56 in their win against milwaukee and the heat the number seven seed lead the number two seed bucks three games to one look at the list of the highest single game scoring marks in NBA playoff history with Jordan and that famous 63, Elgin Baylor, who always gets overlooked among the greatest all-time, Donovan Mitchell, third, and then Barkley, Wilt Chamberlain, and now Jimmy Butler, who scored 56 last night as the Heat now lead the Bucks three games to one, and now also with the Lakers smoking Memphis, and that's about to be over uh, a couple of uh, the higher seeds look like they're going to knock out some of the elite, or, uh, elite seeds near the top. we got a lot more to get to, but uh, coming up next, Matthew Stafford, he'll be inducted into the Texas High School Football Hall of Fame. His thoughts as well about his alma mater, Georgia, back-to-back national titles, and more. This is 365 Sports. Don Chimador and Coffee Beans in the Townwood Shopping Center off Valley Mills and Richland Drive in Waco. I was there, uh, usually go by there about every two or three weekends, and went in there the other day. Cheyenne was there. Ashley was there. Sometimes Carol's there, too. Walked in and got some cigars. Like to smoke two or three cigars when I'm playing a round of golf. And also they have the Vita Dreams, the gummy bears that help you Relax a little bit and rest easier and fall asleep if you struggle, tossing and turning for whatever reasons, whether it's personal, financial. If there's something that's just a huge to-do list and you're crunched for that and you can't sleep, well, that can help you out. Vita Dreams is a gummy. You'll learn kind of how much it will take for you, and the next thing you know, you are asleep. And you have saved yourself 30 minutes or 45 minutes or an hour of sleep. How many times have you heard the alarm go off and you're like, man, I wish I could just sleep another 30, 45 minutes. You, you would have done that at the front of it. Don Humidor and Coffee Beans, a 48-foot walk-in humidor in the town with shopping center off Richland and Valley Mills in Waco.
3: Your springtime experience begins during the Jeep celebration event. This month at Alan Samuels in Waco, say big and get a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Limited with total values up to $5,500 on both two- and three-row options. Or if that isn't enough, get a 2023 Jeep Gladiator Sport with up to $5,000 in total values. Plus, first responders get an extra 500 If we don't have exactly what you want, we can help you build the new custom Jeep of your dreams at Alan Samuels in Waco. The future's bright, the time is now College is what you make it It's a late night pizza run And all-nighters coding a new project It's having big dreams and making them a reality It's a professor who knows your name and your story It's preparation for your future Your calling, your life And at Baylor, it's even more Baylor, where lights shine bright Aaron Duvall, owner,
5: Texas Beef House. Aaron, it's premium grade East Texas beef, and you're located just outside of Tyler. No hormones, no antibiotics, no steroids, the kind of beef that people want. And then also your label is what catches people's attention as well.
8: Yes, uh, we have a, a all-natural pasture-raised uh, Wagyu beef. It's a USDA label. That means our cattle never spend any time in the feed yard. They go straight from the pasture to the day of harvest, and we oversee the whole process from the beginning of the genetic choices when we make these matings to the time the calves were born, to the, the feed choices all the way through uh, when the animals were harvested. So we oversee the whole thing as a family, and we just believe, you know, life's too short to eat average beef. So uh, we uh, offer people a chance to step up their game and uh, try uh, Wagyu beef at TexasBeefHouse.com. Where is the best beef in Texas?
5: Your house. When you order from Texas Beef House, unleash the flavor of Texas-raised Wagyu from our pasture to your plate. TexasBeefHouse.com.
7: How did Edward Jones become one of the biggest financial service companies in the world? By not acting that way. Financial strategies, one-on-one advice, it's a big difference. And that's why Brad Wilson, your Edward Jones financial advisor, makes sense of investing. Experience the difference for yourself. Brad Wilson, 250 Sharon Drive in Woodway, 254-776-4337. Edward Jones, member SIPC
0: in the alphabet over 600,000 words in the dictionary and just three of them said together can change everything let's order pizza those three words lead to dough made from scratch and three fresh signature cheeses that blanket golden crust in a heavenly melt on marco's pizza that'll blow your mind so visit marco's.com to order and stop by marco's pizza in bellmead china spring woodway and in robinson marco's pizza lovers get it
5: Clinic Men's Healthcare in Woodway is now proud to offer you men an exceptional weight management body sculpting product called semaglutide, also known as Ozempic or Wegovi. Semaglutide is an FDA approved weight management medication. Once a week injections of this powerful medication offers an average body fat weight loss of 20% within the first year of treatment. In addition to body sculpting, semaglutide also normalizes blood sugars and has the clinical research proof of reducing blood pressure, cholesterol, stroke, and heart attack risk. If you're like most men and you have stubborn fat that will just not respond to typical diets and exercise then help us finally here. semaglutide affordable, highly effective, good, Google search Petty Clinic Waco and reach out to the Petty Clinic team today for a free consultation with Dr. Petty to see if semaglutide is right for you. Go to PettyClinicLowT.com.
1: This is 365 Sports.
4: The 3 o'clock hour is sponsored by Waco Custom Marketplace. Meats, sweets, Texas treats, and a cut above the rest. 425 Lake Air Drive, Waco. Matthew
5: Stafford will join us in actually about 10 to 12, 15 minutes here on 365 Sports on his induction to the Texas High School Football Hall of Fame. Let's discuss a player who's a, a part of that elite group. I don't know about elite group, but the top level of quarterbacks. You have Bryce Young. You have C.J. Straub. You have Richardson at Florida. So you have these names. And then there's Will Levis. Well, how about this? An anonymous post on a social media triggered a rush in a betting action on Will Levis earlier this morning. Bryce Young remains the consensus favorite, listed at minus 1,400 by Caesar Sportsbook, but multiple sports books reported a huge surge of bets on Will Levis to go number one, causing the Kentucky quarterback uh, his odds to move from forty to one to four to one. That was at DraftKings. Apparently, there was a post on Reddit where somebody mentioned that Le- Levis—I don't know if he had said something or whatever—was going to go number one to Carolina, or Carolina was going to take him, and now. That is the difference between forty to one and four to one. So if you got in early on the forty or thirty-five to one, you're in pretty good shape if that happens.
6: Well, I, I don't think it is. I think it's going to be Bryce Young. I mean, the the, 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 the it still Kips says Bryce Young is the favorite. Yeah, yeah, Bryce Young is the is is probably the one uh, to to go there. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, again, Carolina's been, I think, less than secretive the last couple you know, days about what they want to do. The wild card and all this I've all of a sudden turned into the Texans who I don't believe for one second that they're not taking a quarterback. I really don't. I just think that they're trying to see if they can get somebody to trade them picks that it's in the top five where they could still get a quarterback because maybe they know that, like, okay, if Bryce Young's off the board, he was our favorite. We're indifferent between the other three, so let's see if somebody will move up and take one of them, and then we can do that. Uh, plus, I do think that with the Cardinals at number three, and they, they can easily move out of that spot because they've got money tied up in Kyler Murray. They don't need one of those quarterbacks. They're trying to maybe you know, keep their position strong at number two. Even if they do stay there and wind up getting a quarterback, they want to be able to, to take that down to the wire and see if they can get max value for that pick.
7: Yeah, I mean, I I don't really look all that deep into, um, you know, this one other than so it's been entirely quiet surrounding him, and two days before the draft, all of a sudden the guy on Reddit's the one breaking this big news. I mean, I guess that's how it could happen. I guess if you really wanted to stay anonymous and, you know, shake the world up or fleece Vegas, you know, by getting everybody to pour money on, on those odds, then, you know cool mastermind uh type of project but i I just don't see the the juice here um and I'm not you know in any way shape or form an expert on on anything that's being talked about there but it just seems like um you know pre draft drama and everybody kind of just being on eggshells and you know looking for news and wanting news and uh, expecting crazy things to happen, and I don't know. I, I just needed a bit more to chew on the anonymous Reddit post, but, I mean, I saw it said that he's plus 4,000 to be the first overall pick. Well, ladies and gentlemen, he's telling friends and family Carolina will, in fact, take him on Thursday. You're welcome. I believe that was the... Uh... The official post there so yeah i mean apparently people have rushed to go put bets down at least some segment of people and they'll be handsomely rewarded or they're going to you know feel duped uh, when this is all said and done but uh yeah that's that's interesting but that's definitely some of that pre-draft drama and, mm-hmm. and speculation that you, you get in a couple of days leading up to it so we'll we'll see but uh, i'm with paul it's just hard to figure the Texans aren't going to take a quarterback at number two, regardless of who that may be. So, I mean, there's it's possible, but I, I just wouldn't feel comfortable placing that bet right now. If
5: they don't and they pick somebody else with their first pick and they have what? The, the, what's their next pick? They have two, 12, and 33. Okay. that Okay, yeah. they're, they're 12, Twelve, you're really risking not coming away with any of the ones that are at least known as first-round picks. Doesn't mean you're wrong, but – you know, you need a quarterback, then you have three or four right there you would think that that's going to happen. You could trade down and still get another pick or two and then also get whoever might be still there.
6: Well, I think that there are five overall quarterbacks that people really like consensus-wise as far as we can hand the the franchise to this guy potentially, and it's the four you mentioned and Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker started to climb up those charts a little bit, so maybe the Texans think that they could get Hendon Hooker later, but I don't think Nick Casario is bold enough to be like, no, 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 we're going to take, you know, an edge rusher at number two and a wide receiver at number 12 and then at number 33, because you do, like, you can plan that people might trade with you, but you can't depend on it, right? Mm-hmm. You can't say definitely somebody's going to trade with me because you could call all 31 teams and tell them, here's what we want for pick number 12. And they all 31 could be like, psh, no. You know, you don't know, so you can't you can't plan on that. So I do think that it would be very bold for them in that that second pick to not take a quarterback. Also, maybe very telling about what D'Amico Ryan's and the new staff think about the other quarterbacks that are available.
7: Yeah, that could always be the case too. It's entirely possible that this has some merit to it. Um, Pete Prisco, who's covered the NFL for a long time, uh, he was, I guess, saying in an article today that you know the quietness around levis isn't emblematic of the real talk in the nfl circles that he is a guy that people are high on and i mean clearly he's been talked about as like a relatively high first round guy for a while so it's not like he's been super disrespected or anything but i think he does get lost in the talk of the other two higher more talked about guys in in uh uh stroud and young um, So I think he gets lost in, in some of that, but yeah, I mean, even if he doesn't get picked like number two, he's going to be picked in within the next, what, five, 10 picks. Yep. Uh, so, you know, he, he's, he's in that range where it's not impossible that that could happen. It's just weirdly dropping a couple of days before. And again, for what reason behind that, uh, who knows, but if it is, somebody's just like, Hey, let's go screw Vegas, everybody on board. Here's my little piece of intel. Then that's that's cool, and that will certainly make for a memorable moment. But uh, if it comes and goes, you know, I'm sure everybody will just one in ear and out in one ear and out the other, like a lot of stuff we see on the internet. So yeah, that'll be a fascinating little subplot for for betters, I suppose, coming up on Thursday.
5: And, and by the way, all of the various places, not just uh, Caesars but DraftKings among others, are having a, a, a pretty good surge on those betting for Will Levis to be the number one pick, that not the overall because Bryce Young still is at the the person who's there. Uh, while we wait for Matthew Stafford, we discussed heavily yesterday what was happening with the Baylor quarterback competition, uh, even, of course, Travis Roeder who came on and explained what he saw. And really, I don't know, I think most everyone believes that the decision will be uh, shaping. Robertson will continue to compete, uh, and very few think it'll be Robertson because of what maybe then what happens with Blake Shapen, because of the transfer portal. We don't know. Uh, the The one thing we do know is that when they went all in on Austin Novosad and when they also made the decision with Shapen over Gary Bohannon, that the Baylor quarterback room has been in upheaval. Charlie Brewer, as much as his last year was a terrible year at Baylor, as much as everyone was begging for Jacob Zeno, but did not play until the last few series, the last couple of series against their last game. Well, I think against Oklahoma State and Charlie's last year. Um but since that time it it has been you don't know. And shaping then, whoa, you got the future because what he did in the Big Twelve championship game and and then you thought you had him and now you don't know who you have. I, I don't know if they know and I'm I'm worried about whether Baylor has enough dynamic players on either side of the football. To, to be able to like go out and compete to win a big 12 championship that's just me that's just my thought and i'm not the only one that has an opinion but that's me at least on the record
6: yeah um i do think that they'll be better like in the, in that i don't but i don't really i don't know enough about them and i haven't seen enough from what we saw the other day to think that. This is a team that late in the year, the last two weeks, is gonna be in contention for the conference title. I think they're gonna have a good season. I do. I think they'll be better chemistry wise. I think they're 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 gonna be coached up really well, but I think they are gonna be a a team of a lot of guys that are really, really that they're good, but I don't know if they have anybody that's great that puts them over the top. I think that's where, you know, there there's gonna be maybe a couple teams here in the Big Twelve that will have some of those players that will separate. It, but it's going to be a wild year because there's 14 teams anyway, so who knows what comes out in the wash at the end of the year when we're talking about who's in contention for it. But I do, like, you know, Monterey Baldwin gets you excited. The running backs will, are going to be very reliable dependable, and dependable, they've got some, some players there. But outside of that, like, there's a lot of great dependability but not a lot of electricity on the offense. And the defense, I don't know if there's any electricity at all right now.
7: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm concerned about just the defense as a whole. I think there's some question marks there, and that's the one thing that you were you know, hoping that you could rely on pretty much year in and year out with Dave Aranda. I mean, they took a step back clearly last year. That's why Ron Roberts is no longer around. That's why uh, Ronnie Wheat's no longer around. That's why they made the move to bring back Matt Palage. That's uh, also why some players are not around any longer either. But, yeah, I mean, last year just – Uh, was a stinker um, when all was said and done and everybody knows it and everybody realizes it and they've done their best to replace uh, what they could but yeah I mean there's there's not a bunch of known commodities on the defensive side of the ball I feel better about the offense but uh, while I think that they have the capability to probably put up some points. I don't know that they can week in and week out with authority. I don't know that they're going to be able to just go and outscore people. So they're going to have to run the rock and grind the clock and get some stops and just kind of, I think, win like a combination of sort of two years ago and a little bit of like even the rule years. Like that kind of just grind out wins and win close games. And that's their their best bet to get to where they want to go because I, I don't see another path where they're just beating teams and doing it convincingly and they're running past people. I just, I just don't see the toys uh, in their in their That's toy it. chest to be able to do that right now, uh, even though they've definitely gotten more talented with the people they brought it in, at least as far as a Dominic Richardson, a Jake Roberts. Those types of guys have made them better, but to the extent that I'm thinking Big 12 title, I don't know. And I know we got to go, but at some point – uh, you can guys just say yes or no, but is it me? Because we had this come up on the podcast today. Is it just really toxic when you see people talking about Blake Shapin to a level that's like not just your typical college back-and-forth banter like people have about their teams, but it's just like it's weirdly like almost hateful towards well, him. We,
5: yeah, well, it doesn't. it's not weird because we saw what happened to Charlie Brown. Right, on the way Right, but it's out just like
7: that. And yeah. I don't think that he's done nearly enough to warrant the type of Lack of respect, or the responses that I see when talking about him, sometimes. I mean, you would think he is just the most god awful quarterback known to man. Depending on how I, a couple of people may talk about him, and it's like, yeah, I, I think, get. Last year wasn't good, but come on.
5: I, I think you're right, and I and I'm not surprised because we saw at the end of Charlie's regime because they went from eleven and three to. and and it was a horrible year for everybody, not just him. We'll get into that. No, we need to talk about that, and we will. Hopefully, when we come back, I think we'll have Matthew Stafford, Rams Super Bowl champion quarterback. This is 365 Sports. Stonewood Dental in Robinson, Texas. Dr. Steve Childress got an appointment at the end of March, excuse me, at the end of May, that would be a long time from now, for me to have a teeth cleaning. Also, remember I told you I went and bit into one of those, like, mints, and I had a little bit of a cracked tooth in the back. and has not had any issues, but I have to floss a lot. And to make sure I use those, like, tooth, those little Picks that go between my teeth because something can get stuck on occasion, and I'm going to have to get that taken care of, and I can't wait to get there. When I used to do that in the past, I was like, oh, my God. And I'd wait and wait and wait, never get to the dentist, and then it was too late, and then it was an absolute disaster. Dr. Steve Childress is phenomenal at what he does. I told you about the guy that got kicked in the face by a cow, and they slowly but surely brought his smile back. He can do that, or from teeth cleanings to something surgical, Stonewood Dental. My dentist, Dr. Steve Childress, Robinson, Texas.
6: Dozens of 2023 Buicks are on the lot and priced to move at Richard Carr Buick, a prestigious luxury SUV without the luxury price. Experience the quiet escape and premium drive of a Buick SUV on a test drive today at Richard Carr. Right now, qualified buyers get a 2023 Buick Encore GX at 3.9% for 60 months, plus save 1,000 dealer discount or save 3500 on a 2023 Buick Enclave Avenir in stock. See dealer for details.
3: Count on us, a dealer to trust. First. At
5: Ideal MRI, we feel blessed to be a part of the Waco community. We're a small family business right here in Central Texas, and our goal is to bring down the cost of health care while maintaining high quality. At times like this, the cost of health care has never been more important, and unfortunately, significant illnesses and injuries still occur. That's why Ideal MRI is open and here to serve you through the difficult time. We offer premium MRIs just like a hospital with state-of-the-art technology and specialists, but you'll pay less sometimes thousands of dollars less whether you're using insurance or not. At Ideal MRI, we accept most insurance and there are no hidden costs. Even offering financing, if that's needed, everything included in the price and you'll not get something as a surprise in the mail later on. If you need an MRI, ask your doctor about Ideal MRI. They'll know. You can schedule an appointment safely from home online in minutes at IdealMRI.com or give us a call, 833-IdealMRI, ideal MRI. MRI.com. Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness on Lakeshore Drive is premier, elite, life-changing experience where you can change your mind, body, and soul. Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness offers over 40 group exercise classes each week, including boot camp, indoor cycling, and more. If you haven't been there in quite some time, you're missing out on the improvements for our members. New flooring in the weight room and locker room, New paint and mirrors added in the weight room and group exercise room. With more new machines arriving over the next few months. New free weights, weight machines, RX rowing machines, stationary bikes, new treadmills, new elliptical machines on spacious weight room floor. Personal training with Christy London, Randall Corley, and Alex Botch, where you will be encouraged and motivated to grow. There's sauna, whirlpool, tanning bed, and kids club. The amenities are great. 16 tennis courts plus an 1,100-seat stadium court, eight pickleball courts, youth and adult tennis and pickleball lessons. Visit our website, wacotennis.com, or visit Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness on Lakeshore Drive in Waco
4: this is 365 sports text us at 254-339-1122 the text line is sponsored by riverbends liquor and wine with the most extensive variety of craft beer in waco a hidden gem on lakeshore drive and 19th street He has been a
5: star at every level of football. Holland Park, Georgia, and now a part of the NFL with the L.A. Rams. Won a Super Bowl just a couple of years ago. Matthew Stafford is about to be inducted into the Texas High School Football Hall of Fame a week from Saturday. Joins us, Paul Catalina, Craig, and David Smoke. Matthew, thank you very much for your time. What does it mean, or what did it mean to you when you got the call that said you're going into the High School Hall of Fame in a state that football is such a big deal?
9: Hey, thanks for having me on guys. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a cool call to get, you know, um, uh, I've been lucky enough to be on some really great teams and part of some great programs, you know, throughout my career, both in high school, college and then now in the NFL. But, uh, you know, kind of going back to where it all started for me and, and my family and everything, uh, it's pretty fun to, uh, you know, to get recognized for having a, you know, a career that was successful at the high school level and being a part of some great teams and coached by a great coach and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I, as much as it was a fun thing for, for me, um, you know personally, it also, you know, I hope all the guys that I played with and the coaches that helped, you know, bring me along, uh, take a bunch of, uh, you know, pride in, in helping me get there. Because as we know, football, greatest team sport there is, um, you know, takes everybody to have success. And and I was, uh, you know, a byproduct of everybody around me.
6: Matthew. Does playing high school, this is kind of a weird maybe jump, but because it is so serious here and and everybody loves football, no matter what city you go to in this state, does that make it easier to transition into into big-time college football like you did in the SEC and then into the NFL?
9: I mean, I obviously have no other frame of reference, Mm -hmm. but uh, for me it definitely helped prepare me. Um, I remember being a sophomore in high school and playing you know, at Texas stadium and, and, uh, having cameras shoved in my face after a game to interview me about, you know, what just happened and how we won and whatever it was. And, um, you know, so some of those things that, um, kids playing in other States and other cities and towns don't get to, uh, you know, uh, you know, be exposed to until they get to college. I was, you know, I have, I had prior experience and it helps, you know, just take that thing kind of off my plate when it came to, you know, going to the next level and, and being able to play. And then, um, you know just the competition um that you get it in the state of texas is is so uh so good and uh you know we're like luck- i was lucky to be coached by a great coach with a bunch of great assistants and, and they just take pride in their program so um it takes uh it takes some of the learning curve out that's for sure
7: what do you uh i mean you've obviously gone off to accomplish so many things super bowl winner and, and all those types of things when you look back on that that state championship run what stands out to you uh when you do you know look back on those memories he played some pretty good teams obviously he played some other great quarterbacks but what kind of stands out as, as some of those moments from that run
9: yeah I mean I think the biggest thing for me was just the relationships that you build you know in Highland Park where we're from um
7: you know I, I was
9: going to school with those guys for a long long time you know fourth grade on basically and um you know we played middle school football together we all played high school football together and and uh, you know it's There's there's games and plays and all those memories that you have, but I think the biggest thing is just, you know, um, you know, the relationships and the experiences. Um you know, it's it's an incredible thing, um, to be a part of it. Um at that point Highland Park hadn't won a state championship in close to fifty years, so being able to bring that home for uh you know, for the town that we lived in was something that I know we all took a lot of pride in and uh, you know, being able to kind of be as a as a group, as a grade, we were we were undefeated. You know, we never lost a game as freshmen. Seventh and eighth grade, we were all undefeated, never lost a, a game as freshmen, and then uh, again as seniors. Um, you know, it's just something that uh, it was a special group of guys, and and coached obviously by a special group of coaches.
5: Matthew, I was at the game in Tyler at Rose Stadium against Marshall when you guys obliterated them, fifty nine to nothing. At the time, the most lopsided state championship game ever. Do you remember some of the drama? leading up to that game of where the game was going to be
9: played. Did that ever like infiltrate into the uh, locker room? Yeah, definitely. I remember all that. Um, <laughs> you know, I think in the back of our mind, we all wish we could have played it at, you know, Texas stadium or something and seen how many people we could have played in front of us as, as high school kids. Um, you know, Tyler Rose was an unbelievable you know venue when we got there. It was great. Um, I know there were some people probably from both towns who were a little bit disappointed that they couldn't get their hands on a ticket, but uh, that's just the way it is. And, and uh, wouldn't change anything um, it was a you know a great game obviously for us and and uh, I know the fans of you know both teams really enjoyed uh, being there
6: were you i mean again point of reference and you know scale size is obviously different, but at least in your point of reference when you're when you're seventeen years old and then you know being a veteran NFL quarterback, were the butterflies the same state championship game to super Bowl <laughs>
9: Um, I don't know if they were the same, um, you know, there were a couple more eyeballs on the, uh, on the Super Bowl <laughs> yeah. than there were, uh, than there were the 4A state championship that year. But, uh, it definitely, you know, it, it, at that point was the biggest football game I played in. And, uh, you know, the reason, um, that I love, you know, the game was to the opportunity to play in those big games. And, um, you know, at that moment. Um, it was a big one, and, and uh, a couple of years ago, obviously uh, winning the Super Bowl was was a big moment as well.
5: What has it been like to watch your alma mater go to the level of where they are now with Kirby Smart?
9: Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I still have some some friends that live in the area, and and a couple of buddies that work for you know Georgia in some aspect or another, and uh, you know just the transformation they've been able to accomplish in the last five, six, seven years is is really. Uh, it's really impressive. Um, it's something that's uh, a whole lot of fun to watch on, on TV. You know, I'm traveling on a, a decent amount of Sundays when they're playing, but I'm always trying to catch games when I can and, um, you know, what Kirby's been able to build there and, and uh, you know, cultivate just uh, an atmosphere of competition and you know, success is, is pretty uh, pretty awesome.
6: What did Mark Richt mean to you as a coach and a developer of, of, of talent? Yeah, it was great. You know, I have, um,
9: you know, so much respect for, Coach Rick and what he was able to accomplish it at Georgia and how he affected my career. Um, he and Coach Bobo were just instrumental in, you know, teaching me about the game and, and the next levels of the game and and motivating me as a player and as a leader and as a quarterback. So, um, you know, I was I was at Georgia for only three years, but uh, they were definitely, you know, some some, you know, very formative years for me as a player and as a person. So um really really appreciate and respect both those guys
5: Matthew you were the number one rated quarterback coming out of Highland Park you were the top pick in the NFL draft by Detroit you won a Super Bowl do you even have a chance yet to understand or not that appreciate all of what you've accomplished
9: um you know I'm still you know still going in my career so I don't I don't think about that too often um you know I think the times to reflect on that is probably going to be a little bit you know more appropriate when i'm done playing but mm-hmm. at the same time things like this where i get inducted into a high school um you know hall of fame or they retired my jersey at highland park a few years you know a year, year ago or so it's, those are kind of moments that make you kind of click back through all the things that you've been able to be a part of you know i think yes there are accomplishments and um you know they'll go down on my record in some way or form or fashion but uh it's such a you know, it, it doesn't take me back to oh, look what you know I was able to do is what we were able to do, and, and uh, I was a part of so many great teams and and uh, you know have so many great teammates and players that I was lucky to play with. Uh, it's just that's what I think back on more than uh, you know things that'll have my name next to it in a record book somewhere or something like that. It's just how many people uh, you know I was able to uh, to play with and and play for. It's it's a pretty cool thing.
5: Matthew, I know you got to go. You, uh, of course, last year, the step back, things didn't go quite as well. What's it been like in the offseason? I know it's not quite as much offseason like it used to be in the NFL, but you're just kind of ch- chomping at the bit to get back on the in the way to get back towards the Super Bowl team?
9: I am. You know, I'm excited to uh, to go attack this season. You know, I definitely feel better this year than I did last year going into it, and, and uh, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to go play NFL football. It's such a such a blessing to be able to, you know, be in this sport at this level and and uh, you know go attack Sundays and, and see what happens. So um, we're excited as a team. I'm excited as a as an individual to uh, to get this going and, and see what we look like this year.
5: Matthew, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. I'll see you Saturday, May the sixth, at the Q and A press conference and also the banquet. Look forward to meeting
9: you. All right, sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thank I'm you very I much. It.
5: Thanks to the uh, Rams, the availability, access to Matthew Stafford, Highland Park. He won the state championship game 59 to nothing against Marshall. And Marshall had a running back, and Jackie Robinson was really good. Had like 23 yards in that game. It was a slaughter. They had won in 45 and 57. As he said, they had not won in nearly, what was it, from 1957 to 2005, 50, almost 50 years. And then, remember, they rattled off three in a row. Uh, Stephen Jones' son was a part of that, 16, 17, and 18. Georgia. Now with the Rams, had a good run with the Lions. They didn't have much success. Matthew Stafford will be inducted into the Texas Sports... Texas High School Hall of Fame on Saturday, May the 6th.
7: Yeah, uh, uh, cool to talk to him. And just incredible what they did at Highland Park with no resources. I mean, it's a downtrodden community. <laughs> really hurting for success. For those that don't know Highland Park, it is the exact opposite, and that's why people are laughing. But, uh, no, he... He took them to another level, and, you know, I remember when he committed to Georgia, it's like, Georgia? Like, I mean, the SEC thing was kind of a thing, but not to the point of it is now to where it's like, oh, of course, that, that makes all sense. And Georgia certainly wasn't to that level of where they are now. So that was kind of an interesting choice at the time to pick His Georgia. His father,
5: I think, went there. Yeah he, yeah, he had a
7: connection, but it wasn't just like, you know, typically a guy like that was going to Texas back then, or he's going to Oklahoma, or maybe – you know, maybe a couple of other spots, but Georgia I just remember was just different and I, I wonder how much that kinda opened some eyes. I know they don't heavily, heavily recruit Texas, like, you know, or not all over it like some other programs are, but I think that that opened a door a little bit for for them, had to have and, and probably still benefits them to have obviously a Super Bowl champion quarterback from Texas on their roster. But yeah, he was a great athlete and uh he uh you know he beat a pretty good couple pretty good quarterbacks, the late Jevin Sneed uh, who yep. you know college Steven football Bell. fans should remember. He played them, beat them. Uh, Ryan Mallett uh, beat uh, Texas yeah. High as well. So that was a that was a pretty good little quarterback uh, crew, and, and he ran into them. They had some pretty good contests. So, yeah, it was yep. good to talk to him. I think
5: they got some – there was a handful of players. Like I know I covered Longview's Tate Casey who went to Florida. Tight end was really, really good. And they had players still going. But yeah, that was uh, what's that? Sixteen years ago. Think about where the yeah, 18 SEC eighteen. Think about where the SEC is now compared to where they were then, because at that time USC and Texas had come off their national mm-hmm. titles. USC back to back, Texas another one, and the SEC was just starting to get rolling with Florida, right?
7: Yeah, and LSU had won recently. LSU had, LSU had,
5: won, had but, won with Matt Flynn and yeah, five so, or six. Yeah, Alabama
7: was about two years out from getting the ball really rolling because then it was, he started in 06, 09 is when Bama beat Texas. And that's when right. it really like rocket ships launched. Basically. Yeah.
6: and Mark Rick went and got him. And, but that was when Georgia had gotten to the point where they were okay. They're contenders. They, they were in the sec East, but, but urban Meyer and Florida were just dominant and they thought Stafford would maybe take him over the top and, And, you know, it took forever for them to finally win the SEC. But he was, I do think that he was a step, for Mark Richt, he was the step in the, okay, Georgia's going to be hanging around here. They just could never get, like, especially even after he left, and then after Urban Meyer left Florida, and Georgia has kind of, really controlled the SEC East. They, for the longest time, just couldn't get over that Alabama or the SEC West hump, that Alabama or LSU, you know, whoever it was. They get to the championship game. They have a good quarterback like Aaron Murray, really good college quarterback. Yep. Everybody had won an Aaron Murray, but the other team was well, that much better. They had uh, Mike Bobo
5: in the mid-'90s, Quincy Carter right after that who the Cowboys took, David Green, DJ Shockley, who won an SEC title, uh, Terashinsky, and that's, he got hurt, and that's what opened the door up for Stafford, and then Aaron Murray was four years later. Then, you know, Hudson Mason, Grayson Lambert, Fatan Balta, Jacob Eason, you know, Jake Fromm, it just kind of, Dewan Mathis, and then JT Daniels, and then Stetson Bennett. I, I don't know if any of those guys, any of them, are of the name of Matthew Stafford, even though he was on a team that did not win or play for a
7: national title. Uh, you don't know. No, you absolutely know. None of them yeah. are close yeah. to the name of Matthew Stafford. I was Stafford. trying to be kind. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's nice of you, but that, that's just – we don't need to be because that's just truth. That's well, He's he's on a different level from any of those guys that you mentioned, and he absolutely helped to get the ball start rolling. I mean, they had won some uh, some games in the early 2000s, but they were always uh, like a 10-3 and three, uh, or a – whatever in two and you know never a zero or just a a one typically it was always a couple Mm -hmm. of blemishes extra than they could really afford but yeah i mean they've been consistently good for a very long time he was a big part of that and and helping just you know continue building uh onto the foundation uh and to to the point where you know it got added up enough over these last few years to where they're now you know the premier program. I mean, you have to say it, Alabama. Yep. I know we're used to saying that, but it's Georgia's won the last two, and they've done it so convincingly that you just you have to give it up to them. Absolutely,
5: Fran Tarkenton was probably the most famous name among quarterbacks. They also had Zeke Bradkowski, who ended up being a hell of a coach, but was with the Packers for the longest of time. They won the national title with Herschel with Buck Belue, and with all due respect to Buck Belue, you could. Win a national title with a quarter, you know Alabama had some guys who were workman like when they uh, were able to to win a couple of their national titles and so uh, thank you to Matthew Stafford, thanks to the Rams and Kadir uh, for being a part of that and getting us a chance to visit with him on the High School Hall of Fame a week from Saturday and honored to be able to emcee that event at the Texas Sports Hall of Fame.
6: You know, there's only, like, if they made a, a story of Buck Baloo's life with that name, there's only two actors that could have ever played him. One of them is alive, and that's Matthew McConaughey could play a guy named Buck Baloo, and Burt Reynolds could have done it.
7: Yeah, maybe. maybe. That McConaughey YouTube promo has got me curious. Have you seen that? Oh, his, no, uh, his uh, like, little, like, one-night art, event. Art of living. Yeah. They did it,
6: I think it was yesterday, right?
7: Or was it? I think yeah. it was yesterday? I, mean, yeah. I, I just I see it, and I'm like I could see the appeal of to, to just tuning into a live stream of McConaughey. I don't know what he did during it, but you know it was convincing enough of a sell. Uh, but yeah, Look, <laughs> he could definitely play a Buck Baloo for you, sure. You
6: just have to be super relaxed and very handsome, and things are going to go your way. Golly,
7: wouldn't that? If you're
5: super, <laughs> if you're handsome, you can be super relaxed. Yes. When we come back down the road in this hour, Mac, Rhodes, Craig's off the radar, and then Silas Janzi. He will join us. He's an offensive lineman for Virginia Tech. Big body that will most likely go in the draft sometime on Saturday. And his story, Hall of Famer John McClain. And we'll get into that conversation about the conversations about Blake Shapin and where Baylor fans are with that. This is 365 Sports. Marco's Pizza. Pizza lovers get it. Bob Mock has owned uh pizzas for he's he's been in the pizza business for a couple of decades and now owns five marco's pizzas in waco and there was none just a handful of weeks ago uh, excuse me years ago now you have one in Bellme which is around the corner they deliver to us there's one in china spring there are two in that uh where the midway school district with hewitt and woodway on the southern part of waco and then also robinson which is just off of uh uh, an access road, which is Robinson. It's off the same road that has Stonewood Dental. They have great pizza. Pizza lovers get it. You want more information about what specific specials they have, code words to use when you call in, want to order online or pick up yourself, Marcos.com. Bob Mock and Marcos Pizza have done a great job of spreading the wealth with what they have. We love the pepperoni magnifico, or even now what they have, the pepperoni and sausage magnifico, which is absolutely delicious. I love the thin crust. Others may like something different. Marcos Pizza, five locations in the Waco area,
10: In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Stop
6: by and see our agents at one of our three McLennan County locations.
3: Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation
5: boots add protection good boots help you climb better and move forward faster and when your son or daughter steps into the boots of a U.S. Army officer they also learn how to lead in these boots they'll gain more confidence with expert training in one of more than 150 occupational specialties in these boots they'll stand a little taller and lead a team with diverse backgrounds and areas of expertise to successfully accomplish whatever challenge comes next In these boots, they'll earn respect with valuable experience from day one that will give them solid footing for success into the future. Highly qualified candidates who earn a spot on our team can receive comprehensive health care coverage, college tuition assistance, and a bonus of up to $40,000. See all the things your son or daughter can achieve in our boots at GoArmy.com. U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Company, 254-598-8131 or 254-776-1543.
7: johnson realtors guide you seamlessly through the process of buying your dream home or selling your current one commercial farm and ranch or residential camille johnson realtors can smoothly and successfully lead you through any transaction with a team of 28 experienced agents who are excited about serving you camille johnson realtors services the entire greater waco area if you're in the market to buy or sell contact camille johnson realtors 104 midway center in woodway or find them online at www.camillejohnson.com camille johnson realtors elegant charming one, welcome home.
3: Riverbend Liquor & Wine, Lakeshore Drive and North 19th Street, right behind the bank
6: is a hidden gem in Waco. If you're a fan of bourbon, especially local Texas bourbons, that's where you gotta go. Balcones, TX, Devil's River, whatever it is, they've got it. Riverbend Liquor & Wine, plus the best selection of craft beers in Waco, seasonally churned out throughout the year, whether it's spring, summer, fall, or winter. Riverbend Liquor & Wine, best selection of craft beers, a speedy drive through window, an excellent customer service. Find out more on Instagram or just go by and see them. Lakeshore Drive and North 19th Street, behind the bank.
5: Waco Custom Marketplace is your hometown grocery store with a full-service butcher shop and bakery. Hi, this is David Smoke. The Butcher Shop can take your customized orders for seafood, pork, and poultry and custom cut your favorite steaks from bacon-wrapped fillets to T-bone to bone and ribeyes. Cut specifically the way you want. They have Norwegian salmon fillets, catfish fillets, sliced ham or turkey and lunch meat, variety of cheese available, and several options of sausage links, fresh chicken breast or whole chickens, sliced bacon, pork chops, ground beef, marinated beef and chicken fajitas, and always large briskets available, plus fresh vegetables. So the great product, customer service, and family tradition of the Bauer family continues at Waco Custom Marketplace, open Monday through Saturday. A full-service butcher shop and bakery available. Waco Custom Marketplace, 425 Lake Air Drive in Waco, or wacocustommarketplace.com.
1: This is 365 Sports,
4: powered by Sikkim365.com. The 4 o'clock hour is sponsored by Boozer's Jewelers, the wedding ring store, specializing in custom jewelry and repair, all in-house.
1: Now oh. here's David Smoke, Paul Catalina, and Craig Smoke. That's $10. I'm up to 30
6: <laughs> What this month? <laughs>
5: well it's the end of the month, that's not bad a- at all. Almost.
6: See here.
5: Somebody asked me on my Twitter feed, Tim Riley, do you think there'll ever be a Big Twelve network? Remember there wasn't one or there there was and then of course the Longhorn Network that Oklahoma had theirs and then of course it really the Big Twelve network in a lot of ways is ESPN plus. It yeah. really is.
7: Yeah. It's Big I... twelve now, it's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. I um
6: and they, they have not taken my idea for the stuff that, like, if you watch a replay, that should be called Big 12 later. But, you know, nobody... then. And... Do you do comedy? <laughs> yeah. No, I just think that's a good look. That's just marketing right there. That's not even comedy. Uh, I... No, I don't think there ever will be. I think the Big 12, because of the Longhorn Network, got um, squeezed out of having their own, and now the moment has passed. You know, because if you see what's going on with the Pac-12 networks right now, that is absolutely kind of you know they're 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 in disarray What are you uh, talking about George is kicking ass yeah so yeah they're, they're they're in disarray so they're about to go like you know if, if say the apple tv thing happens and they're going to use the pac-12 networks as their production arm well then the pac-12 networks just went to streaming too right they're apple tv plus um and then the big 12 networks is essentially like you said Smokey, in on ESPN plus. So I think the time of them having a linear network has probably come and gone. Uh, and as these things continue to morph, you know, so when the grant rights is up for the ACC, if teams wanted to leave there in 2036, will there be an ACC network anymore? Probably not. Uh, so I do think that, ACC got in under the wire. The Big Twelve could have done it. They didn't because of the Longhorn Network, uh, and so now it it is in the modern realm. It's it's going well, to be all streaming. And quite
5: interestingly, they have Fox and ESPN set to carry a bucket load of what they do. The basketball is going to be on a lot of, and the ESPN Plus pretty much covers. There's not much left to do when it comes to football, basketball, men's and women's basketball. Yeah, they're on ESPN now or ESPN Plus a
7: lot more. Yeah, you're you're. Thinking though about like just the games. I mean the SEC network is hardly yes, just games. The Longhorn Network's hardly yeah. just games, Big Ten network, ACC network, all the same. Like there are games, but that's almost like the uh, the lesser part of, of what you actually see if you were to watch, you know, I guess twenty four seven or whatever. But I don't know, who is it we had on? Was it Chad Weiberg? Yeah. Uh, at Oklahoma State. His I father, believe, yeah, right, Kevin. Um, was the one that had the idea uh, for the Big 12 to pursue a network back in the day. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And they did not do that. And Kevin Weiberg was the guy who, um, you know, launched the Big 10 network and uh, helped them do that. He helped launch the Pac 12 network and helped them do that. And he talked to the Big 12 folks at the time and tried to get them to do a Big 12 network. Um, and uh, they. Just didn't see the vision. They didn't see the financial gains or, or what the, uh, you know, what that spotlight could have done for them. And he couldn't sell it to, to all of the grouping, which at the time wouldn't have been just Oklahoma and Texas, but you had AM and Nebraska. You think in hindsight, maybe that could have worked a little bit better? I do. Now, I don't think – I mean, to answer the question now, I don't think they have the brands to do it. I don't think that they have the interest level to do it. The games are fine, but the games, as you mentioned, are already on ESPN or Fox, so we can do that. But as far as sitting down and watching a Big 12 network, I just don't know, and the chat can respond differently, but does Iowa State fan care about being able to pop on the Big 12 network and see Baylor-Texas Tech softball? I mean, like, what what would the the interest level be? Because with the SEC, there's, like, this weird pride – where it's a you passion. win, we all win. Yeah, yeah. this pride or pa- yeah, passion is probably a better word for it. The Big Ten network is very successful, and they they've managed that well. The Pac twelve is a disaster, like we know that. Like, and I think that's more of what the Big Twelve would be looking at. Mm-hmm. They'd have they've had better, you know. Uh, I would I would think uh, better setup because they'd have learned the lessons from the Pac twelve. Uh, but, yeah, I just don't know if there's the demand or the interest level there at this point, but think, maybe I'm wrong. I
5: think with the new conference, once Texas and Oklahoma are off to what they do with the uh, the SEC and, and all that that brings to the table, I do think that the Big 12 network is not – you're right. It's not about how many games you broadcast. It's about having on-set shows like this one who discuss features, have live interviews uh, on National Signing Day, they're full throttle – uh and i don't they it don't could use that, that. yeah could use they, that for sure. i think that brings especially with the four new teams together a lot of people don't know a lot about each other you know there's eight legacy teams that remain and then you have these other incoming teams and i think it would be very helpful for people to learn uh when you have for example satterfield who's on live on a big 12 network or whatever it is or sataki just like what we do uh in a studio that's what the networks do i know we're our little place here, but I think that that, there's room for that. They have a Big 12 radio network on Sirius XM, and it's really good. Uh, I don't know how long they go throughout the day, but it is pretty good. Um, So, hey, maybe we should just become. Why don't we just do that? Because we do get coaches from throughout. And we really, honestly, when we started Sikkim 365 Radio, uh, that was our main core of what we were going to do. And then, of course, other things, too. And then because of realignment. Because of Texas OU, because of USC and UCLA, we kind of just ended up becoming and morphing into who we are, and that's why we have Wet Blanket as an Oklahoma State fan or Texas fan like Paxton or Sandra Green uh, and, and among others. and So uh, we enjoy that, and, and Katie Rader, Texas Tech, and, and everyone else that's a part of it.
7: Uh, speaking of, did the Pac-12 sign a deal yet? Are we still still yeah. waiting
6: on that? Not, not, not since we've been talking. So. Okay,
7: just, just, just checking in uh, to – to our daily glance at uh, TV dealings and, and seeing where we are. I think we're in the same exact place as yesterday based on all the information at hand, although Twitter would probably say otherwise. There's probably a million things that have happened behind the scenes since then. But, uh, yeah, just checking in. Here we are, and um, something's got to give us some point. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see how that continues to go. But if there's something of interest, we'll definitely talk about when
5: it. When that happens, it happens. I, I'm not – I mean, it, it. – Nothing has changed. There's a lot of speculation. I've said this before. Brian and Sam and Lion Bear and AP and others on our site do an incredible job of keeping up with some things. They've got some, they've got some really, really good sources that aren't just throwing a spaghetti noodle against the refrigerator to see if it sticks and if it's ready to, uh, to use for a plate of spaghetti. It's some legitimate stuff they do. And Lion Bear had a big post on some things today. When we come back, somebody who would know a little bit about college football, realignment, et cetera. Baylor's Director of Athletics, Mac Rhodes, he's next. This is 365 Sports. Pioneer still pipe, 1943. My goodness, think about that. None of you watching, I don't think any of you watching were born yet when they opened their doors in 1943. If, in fact, you are, then that's great because that means you have durability, sustainability, and that means you're doing it right like they have with Pioneer Steel and Pipe, Pipe Steel and Metal, and now their new location, and and nothing's changed when it comes to who is important. That's you, the customer. That's how you stay in business since 1943. Then they added this brand-new facility, this brand-new complex. It's amazing, with bigger, more spacious areas for distribution, different size lengths instead of one where you get it, pipe, steel, metal, whatever, tubing angle and you get it cut somewhere else you go pick it up they have the different types of length the distribution and the process to get that to you commercial or real estate weekend warrior it is simplified and it's a lot faster and more efficient and it was already great and very efficient pioneer still and pipe brand new location on the loop in waco the southeast part of loop 340 and highway 6 pioneerboys.com
10: It takes time to reach goals. It's a truth that applies to more than sports. It goes for your financial goals as well. You work hard for your money, and you deserve an investment strategy that lines up with your game plan. And Chuck Verno, your Edward Jones financial advisor, can help. If financial investments aren't putting forth the effort you desire, stop by today for a financial review. Chuck Verno, 720 North 64th Street in Waco, 254-732-1161. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Do you or your kids get
5: nervous about going to the dentist? Stonewood Dental, Dr. Steve Childress, he can help.
3: I've spent a career taking care of patients who, as children, had bad experiences, and now they're adults that hate going to the dentist. If I get a kid at three years old, and they come every six months, and it's a happy experience, it's normal for them. Now they have an accident at six or seven or eight at school. Now they have a broken tooth or a trauma, and they have to come here they're used to lights. They're used to water in their mouth. They're used to experience. They already trust us. It's amazing what we can do with that kid without it being a negative thing. But if I see a six or seven or eight-year-old that's never been in the dentist and now they have a trauma or an unfortunate, unexpected toothache. It's harder to do that for that kid and it not be somewhat of a negative experience. So, bottom line is I try to teach kids and adults and teenagers their body the way I would want my family treated, which is where it's a necessary part of life. You just take care of it. It doesn't have to be that big a deal. Learn more.
5: Stonewood-Dental.com.
0: six letters in the alphabet over 600,000 words in the dictionary and just three of them said together can change everything let's order pizza those three words lead to dough made from scratch and three fresh signature cheeses that blanket golden crust in a heavenly melt on marco's pizza that'll blow your mind so visit marco's.com to order and stop by marco's pizza in bellmead china spring woodway and in robinson marco's pizza lovers get it you Boozer's is
5: the wedding ring store and more. If you're ready to get engaged or already married and want to upgrade your wife's ring for a special anniversary, Boozer's is the place to go. With the largest selection of premier quality diamond engagement rings and wedding rings in Central Texas. They have seven cases with over 300 styles of rings from top designers like Natalie K. Choose from yellow, white, or rose gold plus beautiful top quality loose diamonds. With an in-house jewelry, they can also custom make anything you want. Bring in a picture or drawing and let Boozers create your one-of-a-kind pendant or ring. They can even use some of your old gold and diamond jewelry to create something new. At Boozers, you'll find a great selection of quality timepieces, and Boozers is the place for expert watch maintenance and repairs, too. They specialize in expert Rolex watch repair for fine jewelry, watches, custom work, and more. Go to Boozers on Valley Mills and Lake Air Drive in Waco.
4: Welcome back to 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Our weekly segment with Baylor Director of Athletics, Mac Rhodes, is brought to you by Edward Jones Investment Brokers, Ben Erlinson, Brad Wilson, Cam Heathcott, and Chuck Burno. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Baylor Director of Athletics, Mac Rhodes,
5: with us. Paul Craig, David Smoke, 365 Sports. Mac has been tied up in meetings all day, and probably has more as soon as we give him a break for 15 or 20 minutes. And, Mac, thanks for your time. So did you put the hard hat on and go see a little bit about what's going on over at the pavilion?
11: Yeah, I did. The uh, The entire executive team, we went uh, a week ago this, the, uh, this past Tuesday. And, uh, you know, I, I thought I'd I better go ahead because I had, had an opportunity, but I probably need to go ahead. Uh, in advance of the, uh, of the donor tours that, uh, that we did on, uh, on Saturday. So it was, uh, man, it was really cool to go over there and, uh, you know, they are, uh, they're doing a great job. Austin awesome commercial, obviously our architects, uh, Acom but, um, uh, man, on schedule looks great, uh, excited, uh, you know, you don't, you don't get a feel for it until you, until you walk in, but, uh, really, um. Uh, really love the the seating bowl and just how intimate and how on top on the floor it is. Uh, Not a bad seat, not a bad seat in the house. You get up on the concourse level and it's, uh, it's really cool. You really appreciate the fact that just 360 degrees, you can, uh, you can look down into the court. So um, yeah, it was, it was really, really uh, exciting. So,
6: Mac the uh, spring game this past weekend um, as as you move forward into like the new era of, of doing things how do you make the spring game a bigger event and a bigger event and a bigger event or does it maybe kind of rely on how good the team was the year before
11: you know I, I, Paul, I think it's a, that's a fair question I think it's um, I think it's a little bit of both right I think uh, certainly you got to be competitive and have had a, a good season the, the, the previous se- season and you know, some, some momentum, some excitement going into the next season. So I think that's, that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also think just um, some of the other festivities that you, that you have with it and surrounding it, and, you know, the, the, the cook-off that we had with, with former players, the, uh, the, uh, the, the surplus sale, which I heard that line was, was, was forever. And, uh, you know, having some activities for, 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 uh, younger kids and, and just all of that, you know, we had the, uh, we had a, uh, a bear foundation function, you know, uh, that, that started at 11. And so uh, we can continue to grow it um, and, and make it better. And, uh, but I thought, I thought um, Saturday was a, was a really uh, uh, cool event when we think about the the spring game, but, we also had a lot of other events going on. You know, we, we had, you know, the, the Michael Johnson Invitational going on at the same time. We had softball that I believe remember, I remember, right. You know, started at two. And so yeah, um, I, I thought it was just a really fun day. When we think about just uh, the, the, the green and gold weekend and uh, you know, walking over to, the the track and field of the Michael Johnson Invitational and and being there for you know, the legend uh, ceremony, you know uh, recognizing, you know Michael Johnson and Jeremy Warner and and Skylar White, man, it just makes you stop and and pause and just think about man, the the, the past greatness of uh, of Baylor Athletics and then then obviously the softball game so, um, man, it was it was really a, a, I think, a great day for for Baylor athletics.
7: Mac, I know there's there's still a lot of you know portal additions or subtractions that could occur, so it's not like all the dust is completely settled. There's still a few months to go until football season, but just as of right now, having seen the team go through spring, this is now what the fourth spring for. Dave Aranda at this point, just sort of where is your head at as far as, you know, their progress, their sort of mentality and focus? He obviously, you know, made clear that, you know, he was a little bit too lenient at times last year. There's some changes that need to be made. Just how do you sort of feel about the direction they're headed?
11: Yeah, no, I I obviously, you know, uh, really like the direction. I think there's a really good vibe. I feel like the coaching staff is more connected than it's, ever been before since I've been here um, you know I think the, the the three additions when when we think about you know um, you know just just those three individuals AJ and, and uh, coach Robinson and, and uh, Matt college uh, I just think they're one tremendous people high energy people um, really great coaches uh, so that that seems to be working really really well you know, again, I, I think, uh, we've talked about it before, you know, one of, one of Dave's best qualities is, is his self-awareness and his humility. And so he's going to continue to evolve. You know, I, uh, I certainly, you know, think and believe and, and, and I've seen it that, you know, it's, it's, um, probably, you know, more, more accountability and, uh, and just throughout, um, the, the entire program and, not that we didn't. Not that we didn't have it, you know, in in years prior. You don't. I don't think you go, you know, win the Sugar Bowl and uh, most most wins in a in a in your history and you know highest ranking ever, finishing you know number five in the country if, if you don't have accountability. But but I think you know um, after that success coming back um, probably and, and losing some. Some internal, you know, key leaders on for you on the field that uh, you know uh, Dave and coaches maybe needed to step up a little bit in that area, and I think that's been a, a learning process. And I, I appreciate Dave realizing that. And um, it's just a, like I said, it's a really good feel. It's a, it's a really good vibe. I, I think we have a chance to have a really, really good football team, Mac.
5: I hope this doesn't sound wrong. The question, but you have a, what is a, apparently a group of coaches that all seem to be all on the same page, what is the mission uh, the, the, you know peop, uh, people over a person over player all of that. but the year itself in wins and losses and conference titles has been a little bit it's been a little bit uh, I guess you could say thin this year. Everyone understands the bottom line is treating athletes and representing the university but there are tough I guess calls and talks you have to have at times with the teams and success or lack of it, right?
11: No, there is, and I, I think the most important thing when when you don't, you know, maybe reach your goals or you know meet meet your own expectations because you have different sets of expectations, right? You have fan expectations, and, and you know, and, and you know, you think about football, for example. Well, those were set by being preseason ranked. I think what were we nine or ten in the country? Mm-hmm. Now we all knew internally, given how young we were going to be, in at, at the you know, some, some key spots, certainly, you know, a lot of our, our skill position areas. Uh, and then, you know, certainly in the backfield defensively, etc. I mean, we knew that that wasn't going to be, that was going to be really, really hard. and We're going to have to have, you know, every, everything fall in place perfectly. But we still expect it to be better than, than how we finished, all right? And so, you know, when that happens, you know, you've got to, the, the first place you got to look is, is in the mirror. And, and you got to look at yourself and that starts with me. Um, it's not just head coaches. It's it's me. It's, it's an, our entire staff. And I think, you know, that's, what's special about, I think our culture that we have people that are willing to do that. And so it, it starts there and, and, and evaluate. And where did we come up short and how do we, how do we change that? Uh, fix that? How do we, how do we head in a, in a, in a different direction and. You know, I, I mentioned it earlier that, um, in earlier shows, man, we have some really, really high expectations at Baylor. And, and you can do two things, man. You can be scared of those or you can embrace them. And we're going to embrace them. And, uh, when we fall short, we're going to own it and, uh, we're going to figure out how we, how we get better. Um, you know, you think about volleyball in the fall continues to go to postseason. You know, soccer, brand new, brand new head soccer coach, Michelle, you know, um, in her transition. You know, right now you think about softball. Um, Glenn doing a great job in terms of, you know, getting softball back in terms of being nationally relevant. Baseball, we knew that that was going to be a challenge with, Mm -hmm. again, another first year head coach in in Mitch Thompson. You know, both basketball programs didn't make it as far as, as what they wanted is what the head coaches wanted is what, you know, I wanted, we wanted, you know, how do we, how do we make sure that, that we're again, you know, really taking a deep, deep dive, deep, deep look in, in, in how we, and how we do that better. So, um, you know, I think it's, I think it's going to be when it's all said and done, I think it's going to be a, a, a really good um, uh, athletic success year. It's, probably not going to measure up maybe some of the, the the most recent previous years um when i think about our other three pillars you know academic achievement and character formation and spiritual for growth i think it's it's good in those in those three pillars and so um we'll be okay i'm i'm uh i'm at a great peace where where programs are and, and uh you know we'll uh you know we're we're used to doing the extraordinary, and uh, and we'll we'll continue to strive to do that, and I think we'll continue to do those things in the future.
6: Mac, um, you mentioned having high expectations, and having that is good for fans. It all can be stressful for an athletic department to deal with fans that are disappointed when things don't go their way. But isn't dealing with disappointed fans better than dealing with apathetic ones?
11: No, one hundred percent. I don't. I don't mind. I don't want to be really, really clear. I don't, I do not mind having, having fans that are disappointed. I, I want our fans to have high, high expectations. Um, you know, um, we, we have to, you know, walk, talk, perform, uh, like we're one of the best, best athletics programs in, in the entire country. And, uh, and I want our fans to, to expect that and, uh, I want our fans to be to be disappointed when when we don't maybe make it all the way all the way there. Um, you know, do do we want them? You know, do, do our do our head coaches, do our our student athletes, do do I want them to be understanding? Yeah, absolutely, of course. But um, but I'm I'm okay with them being disappointed. I, I get it. I understand it. And uh, and I want them to be when we don't when we don't meet meet standards i think you know again the best thing that we can do as an athletic department is uh again look in the mirror on it and how do we how do we get better and uh and you know i would i would say that you know um you know how many athletic departments you know had a football team go to a bowl game had a men's had men's or women's basketball go to go to postseason Again, we had finished the way we wanted um but still um Still, some success, but uh, but we we know that that the standards higher, and we want and we want more.
5: Can you share the uh, agenda for next week's Big Twelve meetings?
11: It's all about conference realignment. Folks. Um, <laughs>
5: oh my God, this is going to go viral now. <laughs> okay, so that also includes you voting for new members anytime soon. I'm kidding. I my goodness, this will just go is, everywhere. That
11: is a. That is a, a joke. No, um, you know, the uh, the head football coaches will be joining us. So um, the ADs and, and head football coaches will be spending some time together, and we'll go through officiating and, and, and certainly have a, an officiating report. You know, I think we'll talk about, you know, some of the recent, you know, rule changes. We'll certainly talk about, you know, the D1 Council, uh, what was it, a week ago, two weeks ago, voted in some uh some changes to the recruiting calendar and so I think we'll 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 talk about that um you know uh we'll talk about just branding of the of the athletic department and what what does that look like with 14 and then how do we transition to the 12. So uh there'll be some you know there'll be some really I think good stuff um you know, as, as part of the agenda and, and uh, and look forward to those, uh, those conversations.
6: Mac, uh, two things you mentioned there, the shortening of the recruiting calendar. Um, I, I think it probably in the modern era when you have cell phones and you can call guys, you don't have to maybe be on the road near as much, uh, as they used to be, which I, I personally think is good. Curious on your thoughts on that. And the, uh, the new rules, especially in regards to the clock, what do you think about those?
11: Yeah, uh, I appreciate the, uh, the question. I, you know, so, you know, obviously the, uh, the recruiting calendar went, went through FOC. And so, uh, you know, I was, you know, fortunate to be, be a part of that, that process and decision making process. And, um, you know, I think the, uh, reduced, you know, recruiting days, both in the fall and the, and in the, in the spring, you know, I think, uh, COVID, probably taught us that you can you can still be effective recruiting uh you know without being on the road as much and uh and you know doing it through zoom calls getting getting to know you know uh you know prospective student athletes families that way um so i think you you know that that had an impact or, or certainly uh factored into the decision making process i think you know, coaches, you know, staying on campus a little bit more and, uh, and being around, you know, the, the, the current team. Uh, and, and certainly there's a lot of, you know, ancillary people that, that do that. But I think it's important that your position coaches and your head coach is, uh, is doing that, doing that as, as well. And, and then, you know, I think there's also balance making sure that, that we're connecting enough with high school student athletes and that they're, they're having that, that, uh, you know, they're having that, uh, that ability to, to connect with, with coaches, etc. So um, I like it. I'm in favor of it. You know, one of the things that, that we changed in the spring is we changed it from a, an evaluation period to a contact period. Um, and there'll be some adjustments, tweaks to that here in the future, but I, I thought that that made sense. Again, we'll have to, we'll have to come back and, and, and define, you know, for the spring, what, what, what does that contact mean? Um, we weren't able to do that because of, uh, just, just the way the NCAA process, uh, works. So, um, you know, the running clock, um, yeah, I, I've got, you know, I probably got mixed emotions. Um, I, I personally felt like, you know, um, the, 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 you know, overall total time of a game was, was fine. I mean, I wasn't an advocate for trying to, you know, reduce that down. Just, just me. I mean, I think, you know, people and our fans, if it's three hours and 15 minutes, you know, they, they, they love that versus, you know, maybe, maybe now three hours. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, our student athletes may be playing less snaps and, and that impact. Um, you know, I, I certainly understand that. But I, but I also, you know, um, you know, is there less time between stats, snaps and how does that impact student athletes? So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I certainly look at past and, and, and that's how we're going forward. But I probably wasn't, you know, on the on the sideline as a as a huge proponent for the for the change.
2: We had
5: somebody ask this, Tim Riley on Twitter, in a couple of comments, and I know you've got to go, but um, the Big 12 network, like the, there's the, the Big 10 network, there's the SEC network, there's the ACC network, and the Pac-12 struggled, of course, out of the gates with theirs, but they have theirs. That always was kind of a mixed bag because of the Longhorn network, what Oklahoma wanted, and I know there's ESPN Plus or ESPN Now. Has there ever been discussion about a Big 12 network once the conference is with the twelve teams after Texas and Oklahoma leave. Like for example, on a cable network, or is that something that is just going to always be ESPN now or ESPN Plus?
11: Yeah, you know, I would never say never, but I, I at least the, the, the foreseeable future certainly, you know, the new contract which begins twenty twenty five runs six years, and I think ends June thirtieth, twenty thirty one. Right? I, I don't see anything foreseeable there um networks huge huge investment huge huge impact um you know uh, obviously the sec and in, in the in the big 10 have done really really well um the the, the pack 12 struggled and you know the the acc i think it's it's worked well but in order for them to to have a uh, a network their own network right they they had to sign a, uh, a TV agreement, grant rights through
2: twenty
11: thirty six. But you know, ESPN could get, I think, some of that that investment back. And so, you know that that has you know had some had some challenges. And so, you know, probably it was certainly you know pre COVID, but uh, right right before COVID, you know, there was that that conversation the third tier rights and every one of our institutions owned. Uh, all 10 of us owned our own uh, third tier. And, and the eight of us really decided to, to come together, give those back to the conference. And then the conference could go out to, to an ESPN and, and, you know, they were positioned or, or, you know, held, uh, you know, under, you know, ESPN plus big 12 now. Uh, and I just think, you know, again, where linear is and where digital is, um, I think that's, that's going to be our, you know, our, our big 12 network, so to speak is, is ESPN, you know, ESPN plus, uh, what I do think you'll see, uh, here in the future and, and with the new TV contract is a revitalization of, of the big 12, big 12 now. Like when, when you, when you get onto ESPN plus that, that needs to be, you know, predominant it. It needs to be, you know, you, you shouldn't have to click down, you know, how many how many rows to, 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 to find it, et cetera. And I think that's something that's really, really important for for the Big 12 and for our brand, and, and I think ESPN certainly understands that and believes that as well.
5: Well, I know that there's thirst out there. We are fortunate because of the growth of this show, because of all the realignment and all the schools that are going to be a part of the Big 12 in a, in a year the 12 remaining schools last thing I said, there has been maybe a little thin when it comes to success, the national championships for acrobatics and tumbling with what Mulkey has done, uh, about to possibly win her eighth consecutive national title. How much does that register within the athletic department and also on campus?
11: Yeah, I think it's a huge source of pride on, uh, certainly within the athletic department and, uh, And on on campus. And I think, you know, part of the reason is, is because of who, you know, Felicia Mulkey is. Um, You know, she's she's one of our best leaders. Uh, She resonates with with everyone within the athletic department. She uh, she certainly um, does that as well across campus. Uh, You look at that program and, uh, you know, it's it's obviously high, high achieving you know, athletically, but it's, it's also high, high achieving in in everything else they do. You know, when we talk about everything counts, everything matters, that, that program is, is, uh, is an epitome of, of what that, what that means. And so, um, it's hard to win national championships to, 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 to win seven in a row and then, you know, four before that at Oregon. So now 11 and to go for a a 12th um, you're doing something right. And, um, and, uh, you know, I, I, think if you talk to our student athletes that, that have gone through that program, um, uh, they, they will tell you that it's been a, it's been an unbelievable experience, not, not just because of the winning, uh, but because of, uh, certainly the winnings a part of it, but, but everything else. And so, um, yeah, that, that program is, is special. Um, I'm certainly excited. You know, we're, we're probably a year or two away from it. Uh, from it becoming an NCAA mm-hmm. championship sport, and uh, and I think that's going to be be really meaningful um, as as well. So, um, you know, we'll be we'll be cheering them on and um, uh, excited for for uh, for that quest for a, for an eighth uh, eighth straight.
5: Mac, thank you very much. Appreciate your time. Good luck at the Big Twelve meetings next week. Mac Rhodes, Baylor's director of athletics, with us on 365 Sports, to kind of summarize, then Craig's off the radar. So the Pac-12, the ACC, Big Ten, and, and SEC all have their own networks, and he kind of gave a little bit of summary of each one. It doesn't sound like that's in the plans in the foreseeable future because the <clears throat> the TV contract media deal signed, but what he did say is that he would like to see when you go to the landing page or whatever you want to call it, when you log in, that it's much easier to manage to get to where you want to be rather than clicking down because it can be a little bit confusing
6: well espn has a ton of stuff on there and it it's not the easiest app to navigate no it's not very well organized at all yeah it's just uh they're betting i think sometimes on the organizational part of that that look if you are desperate enough to find iowa state versus kansas state on a wednesday night that you will figure it out how to type it in that's like that's their planning I'm not saying that's right. I'm no, saying that I that's what it looks like. I don't know
5: if you mean desperate enough. That I mean, if you're a fan of those two teams, it's not desperate. The, the, you want to find oh
6: Oh, the, what I mean desperate is this isn't working, this right. isn't working, okay. this isn't working. Like, I'll do anything. I'll <laughs> type it in it. Like, I've done whatever, whatever hoops I have to jump through, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. So they're not worried about losing the people who are like, oh, I can't find it. They're going. So they know that people who are going to watch that game will go through those levels of frustration to watch it, which is – a terribly bad strategy for something. You know, I, I like that when I go to an app to watch something, it pops up yep. and goes right there. Like, so, you know. And, but, and- like,
5: even Netflix, when I go to watch, you had told me about a movie I need to watch as kind of a thriller. If I go to that, it, I, you still have to kind of look through a mm-hmm. few of the other movies or so whatever is there, shows, titles. So it's, it's kind of like that even with a place like Netflix is so popular.
7: Well, yeah, because we're not at the point where our brains are just read by a robot and it pops the exact thing we sure. want right in front of us, although that's almost like the expectation now at this point. I mean, if you know the title, go to the search bar, press in the title, and it should pop up. It's really – that's that's the simple part. But uh, like ESPN+, Plus, I struggled to find certain things there last year. I don't know what it's like right now. I haven't signed in on it in a while. Uh, but just simply trying to catch – I think it was like the first or second Baylor game – and it wasn't popping up, and it was like, because no, that's not this ESPN+. Plus. This is, it, it was it was like some other page that was ESPN+, Plus, but it wasn't listed, it was like the same. And it was just, it was too confusing for what I was trying to do, which was just find a game and watch it. And, you know, I remember there's that former Pac-12, um, I don't know if she was an alumni, or she was definitely an alumni, but I I don't recall what influence she may have had as far as the conference goes but that was talking about having like that one centerpiece splash page for every sporting event yeah Yeah. that's still in the works or whatever and i forget the her name and the details of it uh but perhaps that's the direction we eventually head but i think all involved could make it a little bit simpler and espn plus is certainly one of those and and they could probably do more to to feature the big 12 so to speak Uh, As well. So, you know, that'll be on Mac and and his colleagues to try and make sure that that happens. But yeah, they're uh, they're signed already. So no network. But again, that is not something that's just a, oh, we want a network. Let's go launch it like there's there's a bit more. Uh, details to to be done. So maybe maybe next time around, we'll see where the Big 12 is at that point. Who knows here in about five, six years what we're all staring at when it comes to TV.
5: We will have Craig's off the radar. Haven't had that in about a few months, maybe two or three months, because of uh, Baylor football a lot during Tuesdays and Thursdays, media sessions and availability. We'll come back with that. This is 365 Sports. City of Woodway, man, they they went through a lot of changes, a lot of renovation of some of the best of what they have when it comes to places that host live events or uh, weddings, banquets, symposiums, concerts. Right now, coming up this Sunday, the Woodway for Arbo Fest from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. to celebrate the grand reopening of the beautiful Carlene Bright Arboretum. You can go and enjoy a vendor market, food trucks, live music from Blue Water Highway. That's coming up this Sunday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., April the 30th, to close out the month. It's the jewel uh, of Woodway with what you talk about with Carleen Bright Arboretum. Arbo Fest will have fun activities for the entire family, scavenger hunt, face painting, yoga on the lawn, and a lot more. Join the celebration, the grand opening of the Carlin Bright Arboretum at ArboFest Sunday the City of Woodway. Go to discoverwoodway.com for more information. We've received nominations from Central Texas High School counselors for the 13th Annual Academic All-Stars Team. The selection process underway to find the elite student-athletes. Hi, this is David Smoke. Nominations include student-athletes who thrive and succeed in both academic and athletic competition. We'll select a 20-member team this month and announce the Academic All-Stars Team on Monday, May 1st.
1: The 2022-23 Academic All-Star Team is brought to you by Texas Farm Bureau Insurance, Westdale Asset management, Southwest Sports Medicine, Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, HEB, Ray Broker AC, Alliance Bank, the McLean Group, Universal Windows Direct, Hal Whitaker and Louis Englander Scholarship Fund, the U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Center, IdealMRI.com, Bubba's 33, the Baylor Club, and our 501C3, the Waco Foundation.
5: Well, Of the 13th annual Academic All-Stars team at our annual banquet Wednesday, May 17th at the Baylor Club inside McLean Stadium. We're proud to recognize the elite student-athletes in greater Central Texas and be involved with this program. It's the 13th annual Academic All-Stars team right here on 365 Sports.
3: It's Ram Truck Month at Allen Samuels in Waco, and the deals couldn't be any hotter. Get a new 2023 Ram 1500 Lone Star Crew Cab with values up to $4,250 plus 4.9% for 72 months. Or get a new 2022 Ram 1500 Lone Star Crew Cab with 1.9% for 72 months or 10% off MSRP. That's right. Come pick from the best selection of brand new inventory in Central Texas at Allen Samuels in Waco while supplies last.
10: Hey, this is Bryce Petty, former starting quarterback and two-time Big 12 champion. And I know firsthand the importance of being in top shape both on and off the field. So listen up, men. If you're feeling beat down day in and day out and looking for that high-performance edge that separates the men from the boys, then look no further than the Petty Clinic Low Tee in Waco. Petty Clinic is a comprehensive men's healthcare clinic with an atmosphere catering to men. Board-certified Dr. Kent Petty has a special interest in offering the highest quality medical care to men of all ages. Some of the services offered include Screening and treatment for low testosterone or thyroid, infertility, high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol, sleep apnea, while offering comprehensive wellness exams and complete men's health lab panels. High performance men remember, it's not just a petty thing. This is Bryce Petty, encouraging you to reach out and Google search Petty Clinic Low T, or go to PettyClinicLowT.com and get your complimentary lab screening today.
5: Stepping into a new pair of boots is great, but stepping into the boots of a U.S. Army officer can also add confidence and leadership skills to your son or daughter's career path. There are more than 150 occupational specialties to help them find the best fit for their future. See all the things your son or daughter can achieve in our boots at GoArmy.com. U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Company, 254-598-8131 or 254-776-1543. Brewing Company has 16 different beers on draft with a new beer every Friday. It also offers two air-conditioned tap rooms, a large indoor beer hall, a second-floor mezzanine offering a great overview of the Brewing Company and equipment and patio where you can relax under the shade. Plus, you can now experience the new Three Nations Beer Garden Grill on our shaded patio. Grab a cold beer and enjoy a bite from our freshly prepared and delicious menu. Street tacos, quesadillas, freshly cooked burgers and dogs, and veggie burgers, too. Nachos and so much more all prepared and cooked on site. So come visit the award winning Three Nations Brewing Company on East Vandergrift off I-35 in Carrollton.
7: In the market for a quality metal building? Since 1943, Pioneer Steel & Pipe has helped Central Texas residential and commercial customers with metal building design, panel options, building components, and trim options. Pioneer Steel & Pipe's residential line is energy efficient, offers low maintenance, reduces insurance payments, is impact resistant, and carries up to a 45-year limited warranty. In addition, they can also help you find a metal building contractor for your project. Pioneer Steel & Pipe with locations in Waco and Bryan and at pioneersboys.com.
1: This is Craig Smokes, Off the Radar, presented by Alliance Bank. They take pride in making banking easy, AllianceBankTexas.com.
7: Thank you to Alliance Bank and welcome into Off the Radar. It's been a little while. For those that don't know, just simply a segment a couple of times a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays around this time to take a look at some other stories that are going on that uh, might not ever even ended up talking about or just briefly kind of gloss over uh, just kind of a a way to settle in and talk about some things a little bit deeper than we normally would Uh, and as it you know comes to college football we'll certainly mention a lot of that during our typical shows but uh, things that fall through the cracks I'll I'll try and bring that back around as well I just wanted to mention first you know been talking about the media rights Pac-12 negotiations ESPN and all that but I don't know if you guys noticed those layoffs are going on right now uh, up in Bristol and uh, Nate Silver might be a name familiar to a lot of people out there 538 and a number of things uh, but big numbers guy and he is apparently one of those ousted uh, today amongst the many thousands of jobs that are apparently uh, being cut Uh, the 538 blog uh, for those who are fans of that I've that doesn't make much difference to me, but it obviously has an audience uh, that will continue to go on, according to uh, ESPN. But they said back in February that they were uh, ESPN and their parent company Walt Disney were going to be cutting about seven thousand jobs and over five billion dollars in costs. Uh, and there's talk that they could lose up to a hundred executives and staffers uh, this week, and that this won't be the last round of cuts. Uh, there was layoffs in March. ESPN wasn't affected by that, Uh, but this uh, week, there's obviously some effect going on, and there's now the potential that they will also be hit with another wave of cuts uh, coming up early in the summertime, and that could be where you see some of the more on-air familiar faces rather than, like, the 25-year secretary to the guy, you know, like, you're seeing some of those, and, and all due respect, hate to see anybody lose their job, but as far as, like... You know, well known. I guess Nate Silver's pretty well known to people, yep. uh, but there is a list of of people who are like absolutely under no consideration. Stephen A. Smith, Scott Van Pelt, Greenberg, Fowler you know, just
5: resigned.
7: Fowler, Woj, uh, Mina, Kimes is a, a free agent to be. She's somebody to to watch out if you're a sports media person, but. Um, she's thought to, if she resigns with ESPN, be untouchable as well. And there's there's a few others as well, Doris Burke, Adam Schefter, uh, that will uh, all be a OK when all is said and done. But uh, just just mention this because the ESPN layoffs are underway. We know some people up there. Hope that they make out uh, OK on the other side of it. And uh, it's just interesting to kind of see that going on and how big of a story that that otherwise, like I don't know that that would ever fall on our radar whatsoever. But because of media rights and because of negotiations and. All those things, especially as it pertains to the Pac-12, it is something to to monitor when the big worldwide leader is suddenly cutting billions of dollars and thousands of jobs. So that is that is underway, and again another wave expected uh, early in the summer. Well,
5: there was one guy that uh, had been there from day one, ninety nine percent of all the time, Mike Stiros or something like that. Is- uh, director of Communications or someone like that, and a lot of people were furious about that because i don 't know if anyone knows more about e s p n than he does who 's ever worked there or is I, there now
6: I hope for all their sakes, especially the ones like him, get the golden parachute from from e s p n mm-hmm. uh and from disney uh, which you'd hope they 've got they 've got money to do that i mean the 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 layoffs though you know like the rights fees are going up uh streaming yep. is not profitable yet streaming right now is it 's not sunk cost but they 're in the we're investing phase, and they're trying to figure out what works and doesn't. So there's a lot of things coming and going. Like we've we've already seen all the the stuff that was like, "Hey, I have an idea for a show, just go make it." That's been this scaled way back. Yeah. Uh, there's there's there might be a writer strike coming up next week, which is going to affect a, a lot of different things uh, when it comes out. I don't think that'll happen at least to the level it happened the last time it did, because that cost everybody money uh, in the long run. So we'll see what happens with. The, you know, all of that down the line. But, uh, you know, to tie it back into what we talk about all the time, it's not good news if you're negotiating a deal right now. Exactly why I mentioned it because it's just not because if, if your companies are trying to save money, you know, they're not going to be particularly in the frame of mind to say, okay, we'll give you a little bit more.
7: Right. Yeah, and that's that's the reason why I bring it up as much as anything. Uh, certainly, you know, don't view it like a transactions wire, uh, these these jobs. But, uh, you know, there might be some notable names. And, you know, if, you know, a big on-air talent were to be let go, then that's something we'd probably mention in a segment like this. But I mention it as much just simply because um, they are clearly cutting some costs and they are cutting some people that have been around for 20-plus years. Uh, in the case of the guy you mentioned, Mike Soltis, uh, 43 years with the spn uh, which is just crazy uh, to to now see that come to a close. So, yeah, it's something to keep in mind. And uh, let's all remember that it's not like the, the Pac-12 or even college sports rights for that matter, even though the Pac-12 is really the, the only one dealing with that right now. But that's not the main focus of the sports industry when it comes to rights. <laughs> hate to break it to you. That is not even close. The NBA and what they're about to launch into and what kind of an audience they could attract and their suitors from uh, ESPN to Turner to Amazon to Apple to NBC – it, you know, all points in between. That is going to be some kind of a negotiation to watch uh, between the NBA and all of those uh, all of those platforms, and to see what kind of a deal they get because it will it will be something else. So I uh, hate that for the people involved, but uh, it is a sign of of what's going on in the industry right now, and and does not bode uh, well. Uh, if you're not someone like the NBA and you're currently having to deal with uh, some of these negotiations. So uh, moving on to a couple of other things. Uh, speaking of the NBA uh, tonight, you got some playoff games going on a, a triple header uh, game five Hawks at the Celtics Celtics could close that one out that starts at 630 all times central uh, on this studio. Uh, set. Uh, Timberwolves at Nuggets, another game five. Nuggets can close that one out. They're up three games to one, and at home, that tips off at eight o'clock. And then the night capper at nine o'clock, Clippers at the Suns, and the Suns can close that one out. So Celtics, Nuggets, and Suns all at home, all up three games to one, all playing tonight, could close out their series. Y'all watched the uh, late-night LeBron show and uh, no, him helping I, the Lakers to a win nope. last night. It was fun. to see, You know, like, I'm not a huge LeBron fan. I was an MJ guy, and then I was a Dirk guy. Uh, so when most people were pivoting to LeBron or, you know, Katie, I, I, I pivoted to Dirk and being a Mavericks fan, and uh, that paid off well in the long run and, and always uh, will in my mind. But uh, – yeah, I, I I never was a big LeBron fan, but I can respect the hell out of the talent that he is and and to be yeah. thirty eight and still out there, like the dominant force that he well, is. You just gotta you gotta give it up. And last night I just found myself being very old and just going me and LeBron are pretty close to the same age and just kind of thinking like you know, when he retires, that's kind of the end for me. <laughs> like that's that's like the last wave of my youth because everybody else from here on after is all gonna be guys who are or younger than me. I don't know if that's that's that thoughts ever crossed your mind before, but that's kinda of how I felt. I was like, this is the last of kind of my childhood era in a way, is LeBron James. So it was just yeah. it was neat seeing him do his thing last night. There'll
5: be others that come along and even others who are now simmering. But one thing about it, about three or four weeks left in the season, they were on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. And then he just decided he got he got back, he was injured. Anthony Davis started playing all the time. There was none of this management load or whatever time management. And they're about to beat the number two seed. Uh, the number one seed in the East, Milwaukee's in dead in trouble. They're down three games to one. Jimmy Butler, we mentioned that earlier, is going crazy. I man, I, if if they beat Memphis, it opens up everything for them. The Suns with Durant, of course, are going to be tough because he's good. The Golden well, State series with Sacramento is very intriguing at two two, uh, because Sacramento was a. Uh, kind of favorite, but the uh, Golden State has – they have the rings and and oh. and they kind of know when to turn it on, even with Draymond at times being an idiot. But he came back and played his ass off in the last game.
6: For for me, it was when David Ortiz retired. I mean, yeah. obviously I was sad as a Red Sox fan, but it kind of hit me that, like, he is five years older than I am. So everybody else that kind of comes after him that I like will be my age and younger. Mm-hmm. And so it's not really people I watched during my youth, per se. It's people that were peers, right? So, Or technically. I mean, could have been peers. Like, I would have, you know, hung out with him if we were in the same school or whatever. But now it's, yeah. The, I mean, long, it's been a few years since I've been like, oh, man, I'm rooting for that guy because he was from my youth. Nope, well, because they retired, yeah. Yeah, yeah and so that's it. where I'm getting They're, to where yeah.
7: now LeBron's going to be that guy for me, I feel like. So, Chet, who's that guy for you? It was like when... Kareem retired, you're like, there goes my youth. There was my last Mine, wave of guys. You know what I'm saying, though? So, like, that's that's a very FM radio, uh, you know, kind of a topic just to throw out there, like a daily thing. But uh, I'm curious to know for you, because for me, it's definitely LeBron. So I, I felt a little little uh, weird last night. Just He's so great, but, man, he is getting old, isn't he? And he's not going to be able to do this forever.
5: Yeah, what is yours, Garrett?
12: Man, I have to
7: lean with you, man. LeBron's yeah. up there. Like, I remember... Because I think him and me
12: are about the same age. So his senior year, I was watching that. And that, when he came out that game, when he had the remote control car, the Hummer, (laughs) I I was like, dude, I cannot relate to this guy. I do not understand. Because that was like flexing on people, you know? And I just didn't like the way that sat. But I'm agree with you, man. Like watching him and. Like knowing that if I go outside and play with my son and I'm sore, like 30 minutes later, there's no way in hell I could play an NBA game. Like
7: it's it's yeah. miraculous. Yeah, he's, he's, and I feel like a Steph, gifted. Steph's just a little bit before. Yeah, like Steph's like the following. So I don't really consider Steph. So yeah, LeBron's that that dude for me. Even though I wasn't like I said a big LeBron fan, but I. I you know, the age part of it. So, Chad, if you want to chime in on that, who that was for you. So, I would
5: say for me it was Michael Jordan.
7: Okay, I was going yeah, to – yeah, I would Because he started
5: 82. They won the NCAA championship. I was just getting out of college. And so I think that's probably – I was going to say Dr. J, but he was before Michael. I would say probably when he moved on, it was kind of like the end of – watching somebody like what you're talking about with LeBron in the NBA mm-hmm. as far as NBA.
7: Yeah, and I don't know about other sports. Um, I haven't really given him much thought because it hadn't really crossed my mind before last night watching LeBron do his thing and knowing that there's only so much more that he's going to be able to keep squeezing out, uh, you know, performance-wise over the next couple of years. Um, all right, couple of other things here. Uh, let's go to, just had in front of me, Colorado and Deion. Uh, not like they've been very off the radar at all, but I just thought I'd pass along from uh, earlier this afternoon, about an hour before we got on the air, yet another player entered the transfer portal uh, and defensive tackle Jalen Uh He had started 36 games for Colorado, all 12 last year. He is number 19 to enter the portal since Saturday. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see how the experiment works out and how Dion's plans go. I know there's definitely split opinion though. There's some people that feel like, yeah, absolutely, he's going to come and turn over the roster, but like now this is getting kind of ridiculous and to the point of like I was saying yesterday is like, not every decision's Dion's decision, but we kind of credit him for that. And so you do wonder like a combination of things could lead to you suddenly like Colorado sort of right now not having basically anybody in their D line room with any experience, and so you're not starting to see kind of even some Buffalo's fans that are like at least some guys like to stick around and play. Like, we can't necessarily go add 50 dudes in the offseason. So, very curious how how this uh, roster makeover continues on. But, yeah, number 19 since just Saturday entered the portal in uh, Jalen Sammy. Sammy. He
6: he told... The
7: new age of college football.
6: He told the media that his first year at Jackson State, he had 60 new players. Well, they're on track, yeah. So, while... He's on track for that. It is easier to get players at Jackson State in that number that can work at Jackson State than it is to get Colorado to get 60 new players and not have the same problem. So it's it's a little bit different. I think Colorado's ready for it. Because they knew this was going to happen, but yeah, there's a lot of people in the transfer portal. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, it in a is. short amount of
7: time. Yeah, in a very short amount of time. A couple other things: uh, Bengals have picked up the fifth year option on some scrub named Joe Burrow. Uh, no surprise there. He's going to be the next guy with the the all timer deal. Uh, but this is just you know part of the part of the road to get into there. Uh, so that's not huge news, and and there will be bigger news when it comes to his contract. Uh, but there are a couple things I think are worthwhile. For one, uh. IMG Academy has been sold. Endeavor is uh, sold. IMG Academy, uh, the you know all everything sports uh, institution and sports education business down in Florida. Uh, Endeavor, I guess, trying to create funds to go and uh, continue their Big Twelve PR campaign, uh, decided that after you know <laughs> buying the WWE uh, about a week ago, uh, that they are going to sell IMG Academy to a private equity firm based out of Asia in a deal valued at. $1.25 billion. That includes the campus in Bradenton. That includes their camps all around the country and world. It includes online coaching and college recruiting businesses. And Endeavor had originally acquired them back in 2014 uh, for $2.3 billion. So they actually ate a billion uh, Uh, on the on the resale here uh which is kind of interesting but yeah endeavor unloading img academy it's apparently going to continue operations pretty much as is but i do wonder if this means and this is gonna now extend more worldwide like get into asia and they're gonna use those faculties and everything but i do wonder if will the the img academy football uh lure and you know like that that uh that mystique, will that continue on under new ownership. I guess that will I don't remain know why it to be wouldn't, as long as they yeah, keep the same
5: model. It, yeah. it should.
7: It should. It wasn't like that was all Endeavor by any means, but that's typically why we think of IMG is is you know their football program in particular. But yeah, IMG has sold, uh, excuse me, Endeavor has sold IMG Academy to a private equity firm, and then just a couple of other things here. Uh, I mentioned the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. Garrett, I wasn't going to forget about that? Thank you. Uh, Game five, Carolina is up three games to one, can close it out against the Islanders out in uh, North Kakalaka. Game five, series tied at two apiece. Stars at home against the Minnesota Wild. The AAC will be rocking, Garrett. How do you feel about the Stars at the moment?
12: Uh, Man, I like it. I think um, Jake Ottinger has really shown up. He really had a – he balled out the other night. Uh, Tyler Sagan come up with a couple of clutch goals, uh, but the way Ottinger has – been um, reliable night in and night out for Dallas has been really remarkable. They've he kind of they struggled. had to win in Minnesota to get this series back. Yeah, to, he, for he was, them to
5: have the home court or home ice advantage.
12: Yeah, he well that's the thing is like he got, you could tell his nerves. He being the hometown kid going back and playing there, uh, he, that kind of got to him. But he was able to rally last uh, the game before the night before last and have some uh, clutch saves. This is a game they really need to win. Uh, I think Minnesota is good. I like a couple of their players. The, if the Stars do not win this series, it's going to be a disappointing season. Like
7: you, there's no, no, no way. No, it would be
5: absolutely. And I don't yeah. follow it a lot, but I do know that they had a hell of a year. Other, oh, No yeah. one had a better year than Boston, and they have the pressure on them. But, yeah, the Stars are yeah. good.
7: So, Stars, wild. Uh, somebody will take a 3-2 lead. Game 5 tonight at 7. Then game 5 at 8.30. Oilers hosting the Kings out in Edmonton. That series also tied it to a piece. So you got three NHL playoff games. You got three NBA playoff games. You got your usual, you know, baseball as well. So not a bad night for sports fans. And I'll close it with this: A Mississippi judge has denied Brett Farr's motion to dismiss civil charges against him in an ongoing welfare fraud scandal. They called his uh, argument to dismiss the charges unpersuasive and inapplicable. Uh, He is one of 47 defendants in a lawsuit that I can't possibly describe in a short amount of time. But trust me, it's worth looking into scummiest of scum, uh, the people involved in this. And I actually saw where Ted DiBiase, the million-dollar man, he's named in this. But it's really his son is uh, more active. And his son is now, who is also a former wrestler, facing years in jail because of his role and stealing funds. So, uh, yeah, Brett Farr's motion to dismiss, uh, unpersuasive and inapplicable, but go read m- up more on that to get the details on what is a, a juicy but also very sad story for the people of Mississippi, and those are a few things off the radar.
5: All right, Craig, thank you very much. It's great to have that segment back. We're now joined by Silas Jency He joins us on 365 Sports Offensive Lineman out of Virginia Tech as we continue to go through some of the draft eligible prospect for the draft that starts in fact in two days silas thanks for your time where are you now what is your day like as you lead up to the draft this week
13: uh right now i am currently in blackbird uh back in virginia tech um so uh just leading up to the day i'm just keeping my normal routine wake up early uh get a good workout in uh in the weight room my, uh, my strength coach draws up a good uh program for me and then um uh, get some sauna work in. Uh, a couple minutes in the sauna, uh, stretch, do a little bit of running, some O-line drills, and then just go home. You have uh, played. Up. You've played
5: multiple positions. Offensive tackle. You've played the guard. You've been on one side or the other. How much have the pro scouts, if at all, told you that that flexibility can only help you?
13: Oh yeah, pretty much everyone has told me like. That's um that's that's a great selling point to use. That's um, one of the reasons a lot of teams like it so much is because of the position flex that I have alone. You know, especially uh, having a good film on that. twenty twenty one, I started you know four different positions um, during that season. So it, it's definitely a great attribute to be able to showcase.
6: So when I was reading about you before the show today, first one in the building works his tail off. The last one out every day. Uh, and that's for one of your former teammates on, uh, on you. Uh, where did you start just getting obsessed with the work and enjoying the work and building to this, to this point?
13: Um, shoot, that's a great question. Um, probably when I realized I started you know, getting pretty good at, at football, like, I, I started pretty late. So um, you know, once I started being able to see myself you know, really turn to the, to the point that I am now, uh, That's when I fell in love with it, um, you know, especially the process of doing it, getting in the early, being the first night here, doing my own thing. And then, you know, being a lot from the leave, just, you know, watching the film with myself and correcting the things I need to correct. Um, I'd probably say that I'd probably start around like 2019 and I just kind of just try to keep the same uh, routine.
5: It has been what six years since you graduated from high school? Is that right? That you redshirted and then eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two. Of course, it was COVID. There was the COVID year. It's been a while since you were in high school. What has been your experience of just college football at Virginia Tech? Uh, man,
13: there's, there's nothing like college. Uh, there's nothing like college football, man. But um, it, 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 it's been a great experience. Uh, you know. To, being with the guys, um, being with countless dudes, um, to like Wyatt Teller and Josh Nieden, and going on going all the way to Luke Tanuta and Christian Darius, Mesita Smith, Brock Hoffman, just being around guys like that, um, kind of shown me what it is to be, you know, an offensive lineman in this league and in college football, and then just getting used to the speed of it all, you know, versus high school and strength. Like in high school, I was as strong as I. So I was the strongest guy around, and next, you know I get to college, and all of a sudden I'm the weakest, and I had to build up that strength again to a college level, and it's gonna be, a, it, I'm, and I'm gonna have to do the same thing when I get to the next level. So it's been, uh, it's been an experience. It's been a great experience. I think the biggest difference was definitely the speed and the strength of it all.
6: Silas, I know that uh, it has been a, a bit of an up and down six years on the field for Virginia Tech and coaching changes and all that stuff that you guys had to go through, which is never easy for anybody. But as a as a fan base, as a university, can you describe what it's like to play there in Blacksburg? Because they love it, man.
9: Uh, and
13: Blacksburg is 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 a very unique place, man. There's no place like it. I mean, it's a small town where you know, if you're, if you're not watching Blacksburg High School, you're watching Virginia Tech, and it's. I don't know how to explain it, to be honest with you. It's, it's, it's a lot of love, I can say that. I, I can walk down the street and be on a Kroger or something, walk into a shop, and be like, oh, good luck on this Saturday. It's like, people I don't even know, they but they recognize me. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's love around Blacksburg. And the intensity of game day when it comes around is unlike any other. And then when, when the same man comes on, everyone goes crazy. So, yeah, it's a great place to be.
7: You you just answered my question. I had to ask you, you're you explained there, what's it like when Inner Sandman starts to play? I mean, that just seems like that's the coolest thing for everybody to watch. It's the coolest thing I'm, I would imagine to be a part of as a player. I, I, I don't know. I need you to kind of try to explain it to me, man. I, I just can't imagine how, how much your heart must be pumping when that starts to, to hit and everybody starts getting into it. Inner
13: Sandman is the greatest tradition in college, in, in college football. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's, it's the greatest entrance you could ever possibly hope to be a part of uh whether you're running out that front of yourself or you're in the crowds jumping um it's chills that's the only way I can put it like chills in down your spine and throughout your entire body um but once that beat drops it, 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 it's over from there and once you hear the crowd, uh, once, once that crowd starts growing and everyone gets jumping, it's unbelievable, man.
5: Silas, I, I saw a note that the Cowboys, the Colts, and the Chargers, I don't know if you've visited them or you've spoken. I'm sure you've spoken to all 32 teams or how many. But what? who has invited you to visit them or where have you been along the way between the end of your year, the pro con, uh, the pro uh, the Indianapolis Combine, and now this week?
13: Yeah, so, um, yeah, the teams that I went to go visit were, uh, like you said, the Cowboys, the Colts, and the Chargers. Um, and I had a great time there uh, at, at each facility, uh, meeting all the coaches. Everyone was great. Um, so sure, I told one of them, pick me up, and you can go from there. Yeah, I had a great time with those and uh, quizzed me a little bit. I think I did pretty well, and, uh, yeah.
6: Silas, you have over a seven-foot wingspan. Is there ever yeah. been a time in your entire life, from childhood to now, where you've reached for something and it wasn't easily uh, attainable for you, that you had to, like, take a step and get it or get on a ladder?
13: Uh, <laughs> not that I can remember, to be honest.
5: <laughs> All right, I got to go back to a dinner during COVID. This was, like, right when COVID really kind of – in the early spring of 2020, the Rose family, Carolyn and Bruce Rose, invited six Virginia Tech football players. Listen to what these six young men consumed four racks of ribs, four pounds of steak, six burgers, nine hot dogs, and that does not include the sides. Is that correct?
13: Uh, that sounds a little low, to be honest. I feel like it's probably more. <laughs>
5: Oh, my Lord. They said it was a great time. They enjoyed it. Um, well, you know, that's, what's, that's pretty cool. Do you remember kind of that moment and what that kind of meant during a time when everybody was uh, uncertain of what was going on?
13: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, the Roses were, honestly, they're probably the nicest people I've ever met in my life. Huh. I mean, they didn't eat from a can of paint, but, you know, they knew from my boy TJ was there and then, they knew him, man. and he vouched for me. So, I mean, they, they let me come cool along and let me tag along. And, you know, I got along great with them. I, I, st- I still call uh, I still call them every once in a while. They're like my auntie and my uncle. So, they're great people. Uh, they took care of, uh, like you said, six off of the linemen during the pandemic, and they treated us just like family. Um, and it was a great time. I love being down there.
5: You know, I think what we are – make sure I send you the copy of this segment. You can send it to them that we brought them up in the, the hospitality uh, of what they brought with it. You initially committed to Delaware state. How did the Virginia tech part come on your radar?
2: So,
13: yeah, I was committed to Delaware state. And, um, at the time, my SST score wasn't high enough and they didn't want to wait for me to retake it. So they just retracted the offer. Okay. And then, and then going from there, I got to, um, I got an offer from Virginia Union up in Richmond, and then I got Virginia Tech late and committed on the spot to Virginia Tech. So Virginia, uh, Fort Union or
5: whatever you went, that's the military academy that allows you to kind of get yourself where you need to be academically to wherever you want to go?
13: Yes, sir. So I went there. Uh, I took the out-of-the-two class, mm-hmm. and that's what I needed for tech. It was a requirement. So, yeah, I went there took the class um, and then got another season of football under my belt, and – yeah, just work from there.
5: Where is the origin of your last name? It's D Z A N S I, pronounced Jan Z. Where's the origin yes, of that?
13: So my dad is from <clears throat> My dad is from um Ghana, West Africa.
5: And that there's a lot going on there right now. Have you kept up with what's going on in Ghana? Is that even something that's on your radar?
13: Uh, no, sir. I haven't. I haven't heard anything about it. No. Okay,
5: Silas Janzi is with us. Virginia Tech offensive lineman here on 365 Sports. The draft starts in two days. What right now are your expectations?
13: Um, shoot, man. I'm hoping. Um, I'm probably going to be a three-day uh, three guy. So hoping from anywhere from shoot maybe even fourth round from fourth round to fourth round to sixth as well. That's what I keep hearing, the sweet spot right in between. So that's, that's what I'm aiming for. That's what I'm hoping for.
5: So how do you handle the first two days of the draft? Do you just go about your regular business, do whatever you do, and then maybe settle in even more intensely on Saturday?
13: Yeah. So, yeah, I'm definitely just going to keep my regular, regular routine, wake up, uh, go work out, do my own thing. Uh, definitely keep an eye on it, keep an ear on it. Uh, keep getting notifications on my phone, just checking it to see who's going to get picked where. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then once it leaves up to Saturday, I'll have family come in and uh, have a little watch, uh, draft watch party. And, uh, yeah, hopefully I get picked and go we'll celebrate.
5: Silas, we appreciate your time, young man. Looking forward to you. Hopefully, Cowboys or the Colts, as you mentioned, uh, some of the teams that have hit you up, uh, Chargers. Good luck. We'll be watching you. You kind of become a friend of the show with your visit, and good luck as this weekend uh, continues, and, and we'll be staying in touch.
13: Yes, sir. Appreciate you so much.
5: Thank you very much. Silas Janzi, D-Z-A-N-S-I, Ghana. His father's from Ghana and uh, with us on 365 Sports. And yet again, Lauren Birchfield and Neil Stratton and what they do. Neil runs a lot of the All-Stars and some of the things that go on with the NFL draft. I've known him for a long, long time. We appreciate them setting this up with uh, Silas and all the other prospects we've had on the last month or two.
6: So, Silas, John Gaines and Mark Evans, I've got one side of my offensive line yeah, taken care of. Yeah. We got like if you're talking about it, we've got one side of the offensive line. We have three really interesting prospects uh, along there. Mark Evans who kind of exploded on the scene at the Senior Bowl, uh, John Gaines who people knew from UCLA and uh, has position flex there. All all, all three guys uh are going to, you know, probably be tried out at multiple Positions, but Silas Jansey looks to me. You, you saw the the image there on the screen. He's probably a tackle. I mean, he's got long those long arms. You you probably want him at tackle. He can play guard, but um, like, and it really, if you look at you know his the the last you know five years at Virginia Tech's been so up and down, coaching changes and this and that. But mm-hmm. started all twelve games last year, um, and is someone who only started playing football in his sophomore year in high school. So. I that's that's like the sweet spot there for um, uncooked dough, you know. You've got you've got all the good ingredients there, and he's not all the way done. Uh, no, because no, he's still learning the game. Still, he's still, he's way still ways, kind yeah. of maybe learning the game a little bit, even though it's it's been a little bit in college. So yeah, I I think that uh, it's interesting um, to see what what a guy like that can do, and not surprised to see the Cowboys in an offensive lineman.
2: All but,
5: right, when we come back, uh, the uh, break. Anything else on Silas?
7: No, I mean I know we're. We're careening into uh, Mount Rushmore season here in a couple of months uh, when the summertime hits, uh, and I don't mean to start that up, but I think that I don't know how else to put it. If I like a Mount Rushmore of like sports things uh, or college football things to experience, I think somewhere on ah. there is, is Inner Sandman and Virginia Tech and being there for like a big time night, like a Thursday night game mm. against a top twenty, top ten team, you know that that would be pretty high up there on the scale of of things to experience for sure.
6: Yeah. I, I um I got my first um brush with Virginia Tech fans on January, I want to say 2nd, 2000 when Florida State played them in the Sugar Bowl. Yep. Uh Michael Vick uh was there and I'm in the French Quarter in New Orleans. He's been drinking? I mean, of course. Uh, and it was kind of a weird thing that you walk through this group of people and then they all like in unison just started doing the hokey pokey Hmm. on bourbon street. And that was my first time on bourbon street. And I thought this place is gloriously weird and I love it, but that it kind of freaked me out a little bit that they were all just ready to go. They just started doing the hokey pokey there on bourbon street, but yeah, there, they are, they're one of the best fan bases, in my opinion, in college football, and I really do hope that they they can get back on the upswing because when Frank Beamer was there, they were fun to watch. Like, you would never watch a more fun to ten so. to they, six game than you would watching would, Frank Beamer. They, with the they punt play. Block they, they, a, yeah. They're going to block a punt. Uh,
5: they are going to play your you know guts out like you hope everybody does. I'm not trying to say others don't, but yeah, they were they were fundamentally really really good, and. Uh, that 99 team with Michael Vick, Florida State, won their second national title. First one was back in 1993. And, man, they just – you knew you knew what you were going to get with a Frank Beamer football team. And, of course, now they have been through some coaching changes. All right, when we come back, to Hall of Famer, his memories of some NFL drafts. John McClain has been to so many of them. And even thoughts as, what's going on with this little – murmur with will levis and is that true and is that just something that people make up to kind of just throw everybody into a chaos this is 365 sports
7: richard carr buick gmc cadillac uh, richard carr, 24th anniversary sales event is ongoing um so Right now, he can go over to the dealership and take advantage of big savings on pre-owned cars and trucks. Also, special savings on the GMC Sierra and Buick Envision SUVs. Uh, That includes uh, dozens of Sierra trucks that are on the lot right now. Qualified buyers can save $3,000 on 2023. GMC Sierra, SLT, or SLE 1500s. Uh, qualified buyers can get 2.9% financing on the new 2023 GMC Sierra, but limitations do apply, so you do need to contact the good folks over at Richard Carr uh, to get more details, but if you're in the market for a new truck and a GMC Sierra at that, uh, then head on over uh, to talk with the good folks at Richard Carr and take advantage of their 24th anniversary sales event. When it comes to the Buick Envision SUVs, uh, there's also the Encore, the On Enclave, Uh, all of those luxury SUVs from the Buick line provide uh, a luxurious experience, but without the luxurious price tag. They also give you the experience of a smooth and quiet ride, whether it's the Envision, whether it's the Enclave, whether it's the Encore, all 2023 models right now, qualified buyers can get low financing and save $2,500 on the Buick Enclave Premium, save $3,500 on Buick Enclave Avenir, but I know I'm throwing a lot of numbers and names at you, so one thing to know is that uh, if you're in the model for a Buick SUV, right now, 25th anniversary, 24th anniversary sales event, a good time to head on over to Richard Carr to check out those deals. And if you're just looking to service your vehicle and make sure that it stays on the road for a little while longer, they can take care of that too uh, as they have an award-winning service department that's standing by to keep you on the road. You can check out their service specials and also set an appointment for quick and reliable service at their website, Richard Carr, that's K A R R.com. In business for 24 years in Central Texas and celebrating their anniversary with this special sales event, Richard Carr has built a reputation as the people you can count on for your automotive needs run by proud Central Texans. Log on to Richard Carr.com today. Call now or go see them now off Highway 6 at the Imperial Exit.
4: One, two,
12: I'm
4: in love with America. too i'm in love with a man named rudy last name barbecue it sure is easy to fall in love with rudy's tasty oak smoked barbecue
3: next in line
10: Automatic Chef Canteen is a full-service micromarket vending and office coffee provider with state-of-the-art vending equipment, a wide variety of products, and offering custom-fitted micromarket vending office coffee solutions for your employee breakroom. You want a full breakroom solution and a workplace oasis? Well, Automatic Chef Canteen, locally owned and operated for over 50 years in Central Texas, also includes in-house mechanics on call 24-7 for fast, reliable service and maintenance. Automatic Chef Canteen, $6,900. Imperial Drive in Waco or online at automaticchefcanteen.com.
5: Stepping into the boots of a U.S. Army officer can add confidence and leadership skills to your son or daughter's career path. See all the things they can achieve in our boots at goarmy.com. U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Company, 254 598 8131 or 254
6: 776 1543. One-size-fits-all. That may be all right for an adjustable belt or cheap sunglasses, but when it comes to your financial needs, no one wants a one-size-fits-all strategy. Cam Heathcott, your Edward Jones financial advisor, knows that his most important goals are yours. That's why we take the time to understand your needs, knowing you. That's how Edward Jones makes sense of investing. Cam Heathcott in Conroe at 936-756-7717. Edward Jones, member SIPC.
4: Back to 365 Sports. It's time for our weekly segment with NFL Hall of Fame columnist John McClain. Brought to you by Pioneer Steel and Pipe, where customer service is their main focus. Invest in metal, steel, and pipe for large or small projects, with two locations in Waco and Bryan. Family owned and operated since 1943. Read John's work at GallerySports.com and SportsRadio610.com. He's a Hall of Famer in every way. John McClain with us. Galleriesports.com,
5: 610 Houston, as you heard from Houston, 610 Radio, and also on numerous stations around the country. We're fortunate Tuesdays to have John. So, John, uh, is the, the number one pick Carolina, there was a little bit of this thing fluttering out there about Will Levis, the odds or whatever. Is there any doubt in your mind who the number one pick will be
14: when they open up the draft on Thursday? No doubt. In my mind, uh, that it's not going to be Bryce Young. Frank Reich today said there was a consensus in the organization about who they were going to take, and I'm betting if it's Will Levis, there wouldn't have been a consensus. That you know, Vegas is not wrong very much, and that was supposed to have started with an anonymous post on Reddit mm-hmm. that he was telling that he was telling people, and his family was spreading the word with people. And and I just can't imagine Las Vegas oddsmakers would just go strictly with that. I remember when Baker Mayfield was number one pick. When they came out with it, we're like, what? No way he's going number one. It's a smokescreen. It's being leaked by people that uh, don't want Cleveland to take him, and then Cleveland took him number one. Kyler Murray. Nobody would have taken Kyler Murray number one overall except Chris Kingsbury when he was hired by the Cardinals because he had seen him in college. And so uh, that came out at the last minute. If Will Levis went number one, it would be one of the biggest upsets in history. Now there's talk. The odds are he's going to go number two to the Texans, which truthfully in my last mock draft, unless I hear something different, I'm having the Texans take Texas Tech defensive then Tyree Wilson with the second pick and then doing what they have to do with the 12th pick, including possibly trading back up to get a quarterback. That makes no sense to me unless they deem those two edge rushers, Tyree Wilson and Will Anderson, in a class by themselves because that is a huge need for the Texans. They have 35-year-old Jerry Hughes at one end and Jonathan Grenard, in the last year of his contract, who's missed 11 games with injuries the last two years, it is a humongous need as his quarterback. And the one thing I cannot see is the Texans going in the next season without a new starting quarterback. And if it's not a pick in the first round, maybe they're going to trade for Trey Lance because D'Amico Ryan's a new offensive coordinator, Bobby Slowick were with him in both of his seasons with the 49ers.
6: John, it just would seem to be a tremendous risk to not take a quarterback at number two, though, because then everything after that is completely out of your control.
14: That's exactly right, and it is a risk, and it's also a risk to take one. The thing is, you can't force somebody to fall in love. You just can't. We all know that. That's the way it is in life. So if Bryce Young is the only quarterback they were in love with, then they shouldn't take a quarterback at number two. And I I use it like, yeah, they wanted Bryce Young. He's like the new Mercedes. And so somebody else gets that new Mercedes, and you get stuck with a brand-new BMW. So it doesn't mean you can't still get a quarterback you're in love with. It just might not be the one you were in love the most with.
7: John, your thoughts on the Aaron Rodgers trade to the New York Jets becoming official. Uh, seems both sides got to a little bit of what they wanted, but how did you feel like they both made out?
14: I've seen people call the trade highway robbery for the Packers. There's no way nobody, anybody knows that. You don't know what they're going to do with the draft choices. You don't know what Rodgers are going to do with the Jets. Was his past season a sign that he's hitting the wall? Fact is, most people think he just wasn't really interested. He knew he was going to be gone. The rip with the Packers had gotten so deep. And, and uh, he has said before, before he kind of uh, went off the rocker, that he wanted to play into his 40s. He's in good shape. He doesn't have a lot of injuries, makes some bruises. So I could see him playing two or more years. And if he did and he leads them to the playoffs and the Super Bowl, then that would have been everything they wanted. And if the Packers can get some players to put around Jordan Love, and Jordan Love, he's not going to be Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, at least we don't think so. But if he's still a good quarterback, then it'll work out good for the Packers too.
5: The uh, the NFL, oh, oh, Caesar's Palace and among others have – The Jets now moving in because of this trade into the top five, number five, for the odds to reach the Super Bowl. Is that too much, or is that how much value Aaron Rodgers brings to the table with what the Jets have now?
14: How many Super Bowls did he go to? One. He went to one in 2010. He's 6-7 and in the playoffs. Since then, he's lost three NFC championship games at home, but all of a sudden people are saying he can take him to the Super Bowl. And I think he can take him to the playoffs. That division, man, oh, man. the New England should finish in last place. And if you're talking about Lois stays healthy, and that's a big if, because he's heard every year, the Patriots ought to finish last, and three teams could make the playoffs. The problem they have is they play the AFC West, and they play the NFC East. That is going to be really tough for the AFC East to play that kind of schedule. But it's going to be so much fun to watch the Jets. You know, they're going to get every possible uh, national televised game, primetime game. Maybe we'll see them against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. So uh, I don't even know if they're supposed to play in Dallas or, or uh, New York. But uh, I'm just glad trade's over so we don't have to hear about it. Now we're going to have to hear for the next – Six months is Aaron Rodgers taking the Jets to the uh, Super Bowl.
6: John, uh, do you think the Cardinals will bail out of that third spot?
14: They, they, Most people think, Paul, that they have the worst roster in the NFL. And if that's the case, you need to get everything you can get to trade out of that because you need more than Tyree Wilson or you need more than Will Anderson junior. By the time you're good again, if you're good at all, then uh, those guys are going to be working on their second contracts. And so I think they should trade down, maybe trade down twice, stockpile draft choices. they got a new head coach, a new general manager, uh, the owner, Michael Bidwell, has other issues to worry about besides winning and losing. And so I think that uh, they would be wise to do that. In a perfect world for them, the Texans will take uh, Tyree Wilson, and then they will trade with a team that wants a choice of four quarterbacks.
5: John, uh, I've been fortunate. Paul has, Craig has the covered drafts. You've covered dozens of them, I'm sure. Um, I, I remember the Jeremy, the Laramie Tunsil story, uh, and the, the the gas mask, and there's others as well. Is there one or two that? Just from even back in the days when you first started covering the NFL, is there one or two NFL draft memories that come to mind?
14: Uh, I remember one guy had a wreck the night before. Can't remember who it was. And ordinarily, if you have a wreck and you get hurt, you're supposed to alert teams. His agent did not do it. He got drafted. Then they found out. And then the team went ballistic, and the league went ballistic. It was just total dishonesty. I remember another one where a guy got pulled over and was getting arrested for DWI or DUI, and he was seen on the camera of begging him, I'm going to get drafted tomorrow. You guys are going to ruin my chances of being drafted. And one of the cops said, I think you're going to ruin yourself. And uh, one I mentioned to the other one, the guy's any good. He's still going to get drafted. And I remember one where the uh, Buccaneers sent a long card to the, they wrote the guy in New York back when they were at the at a hotel, wrote down the wrong name and took it up and gave it to Commissioner P. Rosell and he called out the player, Penn State guard Sean Farrell. And they're like, Turned out, that's not who they wanted. They wanted somebody else. Farrell ended up going to multiple Pro balls, and the guy they wanted bombed out.
5: John Gallery Galleriesports.com. Oh, I got one more good one. Yep. I'm sorry, Dave. That's okay.
14: 1998, it was at Madison Square Garden, the theater at Madison Square Garden. And to get to the interviews with the media, you were interviewed on the floor, and then you had to walk up the stairs. And you went right through the media, both about 10 rows of media. And then you had the fans, the wild and crazy fans. And when Peyton Manning was walking up the stairs, they started a chant, Peyton sucks, Peyton sucks, Peyton sucks. And the next year, they got a new route to go to the
7: interview room. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it Sounds like they should have. And it was a good move.
5: Oh, my Lord. Uh, you've covered so many of them. Have you covered more, I know more games, more drafts or more Super Bowls in your career?
14: More Super Bowls. I'll tell you another one involving Damian uh, Tomlinson from Wake Up. He had his family there. I was watching, keeping an eye on him. And I saw his family, I'm guessing about 10 or 15 members, went out a side door before the draft. And I'm like, whoa, where are they going? So I followed them outside and they went over and all stood around and hung on the Madison Square Garden sign to have their picture made hanging on the sign that said Madison Square Garden. And one of his relatives, as I was walking back with him, said, we've never been anywhere like there. <laughs>
8: <laughs>
14: He's right.
5: LT, he was in town a couple of weeks ago visiting Midway ISD, some student athletes with Travius Trey, Trey Hodges, Tomlinson. Craig?
7: Uh, yeah, John, I was just curious your thoughts on uh, the new Rockets head coach, and Emi Udoka, uh, obviously last time we we really saw him uh, embroiled in a bit of a scandal uh, that cost him his job. Uh, now getting back to uh, to the sidelines, uh, your thoughts on what he's inheriting and the decision by Houston to bring him on board.
14: He paid his dues as an assistant coach. He worked for the Spurs, and Greg Popovich says great things about him. He goes to the Celtics. He's named head coach. He takes him to the finals in his first year. People were so excited. And oops, you know, he has a, an improper relationship with an employee, and he ends up getting suspended and fired. Now, we didn't get any details about it uh, that I remember, but usually if you have an improper relationship, you don't necessarily get fired, but he did. So you wonder, was there more there? Well, the Rockets vetted him with the NBA. They assured him he had done what he was supposed to do during his league suspension and, and after he was fired. Other teams were interested. Everybody thought he was going to Toronto to replace Nick Nurse. I thought Nurse or Frank Vogel, both of whom had won NBA championships, uh, were going to get – one of them would have gotten the job because they just went through Steven Silas, who'd never been a head coach, and he had the worst or the second-worst team in the league three years in a row. And they stockpiled their team with number-one picks. So uh, when they hired him, we thought, wow, that's a surprise because he's only been a head coach one year. But I've read and listened and watched knowledgeable NBA people who said they think it's a great hire. Somebody was going to hire him, so it might as well have been the Rockets. The only thing that could get better the best player in the world, Victor Wimbayama, the French sensation, mm. the Rockets have fourteen percent chance to get him, just like the others with the best odds. And whoever gets Vincent Wimbyama, Victor, I'm sorry, Victor Wimbayama, whoever gets him is gonna go global, like the Rockets did with Yao Ming. And if who we're as as uh Tilma the Rockets owner said during the season, pray for Victor pray for Victor, which kind of made people to think, well, they're tanking mm-hmm. for Victor. and you got to keep your mouth shut at a time like this, but if the Rockets could get him, that would be unbelievable. And, you know, the Mavericks got a shot, too. Wouldn't it have been something if the Mavericks, with a very small chance, because they tanked that last game to get in the lottery, Cuban pay, is going to pay his fine if they ended up defying on and God will be our um, uh, after they did what they did.
5: Oh, it would be unbelievable. You know, Houston has a history. What was it? Uh, Yao Ming, uh, Ralph Sampson, of course, a high pick. Elijah one as well. John, thank you very much. We appreciate your time. Thank you, guys. and them. John mcclan Gallerysports.com, Sports Radio 610. When we come back, Paul Catalina's top five, David Smoke, Craig Smoke, Paul Catalina. This is
8: 365 Sports.
5: Aaron Duvall, owner, Texas Beef House. Why did you get into this business?
8: We kind of were born into it, and it's been for uh, several generations. Our family's been in the the beef business, uh, the the ranching business. And we've specifically gotten into the beef business uh, back in about 2015 when uh, me and my son uh, decided to form Texas Beef House and – sell directly to the public
5: Aaron. everyone knows about wagyu and 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 how elite that is when it comes to beef what separates you from
8: anyone else that may do this in this type profession we um selected out wagyu mainly because it's uh, such a quality beef and uh, it's consistent some beef some breeds you you may have uh you know a good animal every now and then but wagyu produces really consistently good beef every time where is the best beef in texas
5: your house when you order from texas beef house unleash the flavor of texas raised wagyu from our pasture to your plate texasbeefhouse.com is the wedding ring store and more. If you're ready to get engaged or already married and want to upgrade your wife's ring for a special anniversary, Boozer's is the place to go. With the largest selection of premier quality diamond engagement rings and wedding rings in Central Texas. They have seven cases with over 300 styles of rings from top designers like Natalie K. Choose from yellow, white, or rose gold plus beautiful top quality loose diamonds. With an in-house jewelry, they can also custom make anything you want. Bring in a picture or drawing and let Boozer's Boozer's Boozers create your one-of-a-kind pendant or ring. They can even use some of your old gold and diamond jewelry to create something new. At Boozers, you'll find a great selection of quality timepieces, and Boozers is the place for expert watch maintenance and repairs, too. They specialize in expert Rolex watch repair for fine jewelry, watches, custom work, and more. Go to Boozers on Valley Mills and Lake Air Drive in Waco.
12: It was broad daylight. I stepped into a gas station for five minutes to grab a snack, and just like that, my car was broken into. They made out like a bandit. My laptop, my phone, everything. I called my agent to see what could be done, and he restored my faith in humanity. My claim was processed so quickly, and I was able to recover my losses.
6: Stop by and see our agents at one of our three McLennan County locations. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation
1: time for Paul Catalina's Top 5, brought to you by Texas Beef House. Where's the best beef in Texas? Your house when you order from Texas Beef House. Unleash the flavor of Texas-raised Wagyu. From our pasture to your plate, TexasBeefHouse.com.
6: Top 5 Baylor spring game observations for the defense. We're fair and balanced here. We can't just do one side.
5: Well, it'd be nice. I mean, it's the three-part of a team, offense, defense, special. Well,
6: I can't tell you much about the special teams because they barely did any of that during the time. So it would be tough for me to go on and tell you that, hey, the special teams did A, B, or C because I didn't see them kick a couple times, but they never punted. No No returns. No returns, nothing like that. So uh, my observations of the special teams would be, I mean, I saw them out there. They were there, but I don't know what they were doing. All right, number five. The uh, defense is behind the offense right now, which I, I don't know if I ever expected from a Davereta team, but it it, it kind of happened right now. That doesn't mean to say that's going to be the case when the season kicks off. But right now, the defense is behind the offense.
5: I would agree, and yeah, I, I, I agree. don't know what that's saying because the offense is not like they were like dynamic and spectacular. But I agree with you.
6: Yeah, I think that that's they have a lot of work to do on that side. I don't like I, they they probably just don't know who they are yet
7: over there. Yeah, I agree. I think it's pretty clear the offense is uh, is ahead of the pack right now. I think I've said it a few times uh, on the podcast today. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know how much of a separation that they have uh, or an advantage that they have. But, I, yeah, I've definitely placed the offense at uh, the pole position as far as uh, ranking the units right now. Yeah. Number four, someone needs to step up and be a difference maker. We don't know who that is yet. Uh,
6: and that's, that's part of the thing that makes them a little bit behind the offense. On the offense, you can pick out a couple guys who can do that. Uh, and Monterey and Baldwin, and, and I, I do think Richard Reese, and, and maybe even Dominic Richardson uh, to some degree, you've got those guys that can make big plays. I don't know who that is on the defense, and I, I don't think they do yet either.
5: I think mean, Mike Smith, I like what I saw, the young transfer, not young, the season transfer from Liberty. Seemed like he was all over the place. And I still think Matt Jones, again, dynamic, like all Big 12, I don't know. But I think those two guys are where you can start.
7: Yeah, I think Garmin Randolph could potentially be that guy, but he's got to be available um, Mm -hmm. and not be in trouble. Uh, Gabe Hall uh, could potentially be that guy, but I don't know. I think that they've shown flashes of that, but they've not quite fully developed into that, and now it's – their last chance, uh, basically now they, they sort of have to, those would be a couple of just names over the last few seasons that have contributed in major ways, but maybe haven't like taken over. Um, but, but yeah, uh, I don't see anybody in the secondary right now. Don't see, you know, maybe a Mike Smith at linebacker or Matt Jones, but, uh, no, there's no Jalen Petrie, uh, which, you know, he, that goes without saying because they're not going to have a guy like that every year necessarily, but there, there's, there's not even a JT Woods or, a there's not an Apu, um, although you can argue that he wasn't as good as he ultimately could have been in his final year. But yeah, there's there's not a, a well known difference making guy that, that they really have to opposing offenses have to plan for right now. Number three,
6: secondary is better than expected. Uh, that that did surprise me that they were a little bit better in the secondary. I still think they're they're going to add a transfer in that department, but uh, maybe two. But I don't think that they are. Uh, I, I was not as uh, desperate times as I maybe foresaw.
7: Yeah, I mean, they were better than expected, but um, it was a spring game. So mm-hmm. I, I don't put a ton of stock into it. Uh, I do think that, that you can take something out of it, but uh, I still have my questions about whether that's what we're going to see week in and week out next next season um, when they're suddenly covering you know the UT receivers. That's going to be a problem for everybody, even the established secondaries, uh, some of these offenses around the Big 12. But, yeah, I mean, they looked better than expected as the as the title states
6: number two the pass rush really needs to improve and that's why byron Vaughn's is coming in that's why i'm sure that they'll they'll probably um another portal addition that that could be coming will probably be a someone who can get after the quarterback but that is and look the best teams in the country how you win conference championships and beyond is by getting to the quarterback It's, it's, you know, making them uncomfortable. Yes. You can make up for a lot of things when you have uh, guys in the quarterback's face, you can make up for a secondary that maybe is not what you want it to be. You can make up for uh, maybe an overall defense. that's not great as far as, you know, keeping people, uh, you know, out of the end zone all that much. But if you can have a a couple guys, you can get back to the quarterback and make those plays in key spots and, and, There is so much parity in college sports right now, in college football, that those two or three sacks you can get a game can be the ones that change it. You know, Don't get that first down, make them punt, and then you've got the possession. And look, the clock's going to be moving a little faster now. So those become even more important. So I I, I do think that um, if they don't get this, then you're going to look for a little bit more of the same because that's what makes the difference on a defense.
7: Byron Vaughn's helps out a bit, uh, but beyond that, yeah, they, they need to address it further, uh, most likely will uh, in the portal, although I don't think they have, but a couple spots maybe to play around with, and I guess that would all depend upon who's available. I mean, and, and what the the ranking of needs is uh, for all we know. I mean, they could use uh, – a linebacker more than – I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know where their priorities are, what their exact numbers are, or whatever, but, yeah, if you can just add whatever you can add before next season, pass rush would be right up there near the top. Yep. And number one, portal shopping is needed. I mean, there's no
6: doubt about that. Of course, that's everybody this time of year, some more than others. Uh, some teams can afford to lose some guys into the portal uh, and kind of reshape their roster uh, going after some different spots. But, um, yeah, they, they need to they need to get in a couple more impact guys in the portal – uh, I think to to get them over the. I think they need the hump, hump from a last year. Yeah,
5: I think they need like three to five, and I don't know if they're going if if they, to. They might have, have, have many, many, five spots. You know, I don't know. I yeah. mean, again, I, and I saw something Grayson wrote earlier. I'm not sure if he brought this up, Craig, with you in the Bearcast, but he doesn't see much attrition with the current roster. Scholarships that might open it up for you to be able to go out and get much in the portal in the first place. I and mean, if no one's leaving, what do you do?
7: Well, I mean, here's the thing, guys. Uh, those guys did leave. Ten of them left this off season. There's only so many. This in Colorado, right? So, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know where the rest of it comes from, um, but ten guys have left. So that's that's. I don't think that's nothing. I mean, that's that's a pretty good. No, trimming. that's a huge chunk. That's after 12 a pretty good two. trimming of your roster uh, after uh, seven and uh, six and seven. Yeah, twelve and two was two years ago. Yeah.
5: No, I was saying, is it compared to what they did when you win? You were twelve and two. Uh-huh. Everyone's happy. You yeah. lose a, a, not even a handful this year. Yeah, you lost a chunk for a variety of reasons: some forced out, some because they're disgruntled, and some because they are realistic.
7: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know how much uh, more can really be expected. Um, and there doesn't seem to be a ton of logical candidates, as as you mentioned, or pass along from Grayson. I, I agree. I don't know where that comes from. You can't force guys to do it either. And I don't think you want to get into that practice, uh, even if that's how it's being done, clearly elsewhere. So... Um, yeah, we'll see how, how that goes, but no, I, I can't think of any guys who are just like, yeah, absolutely, that, that guy's going to move on here in the next few weeks. I, I don't know even where to start looking, quite frankly, because it's not like everybody's locked down starting roles and playing time and there's no room. Like, If you're a receiver, do you think you're going to play or not play next year? I mean, if you're not playing, that's entirely on you at this point.
5: Absolutely. If you're a defensive
7: back and you're not playing, that's entirely on you because at this point. Because there's
5: opportunities there. Yeah, yeah. there's
7: nobody that's just a – there's no, like I said, star that's like, that's – they did not even have settle the quarterback yet. I mean, nothing's really settled. Um, the running back position, like, four different guys could be the starter on any given Saturday. So there's no lack of opportunities, but there are a lack of spots. And so, yeah, uh, if, if guys uh, do move on, uh, it'll be interesting to see who and, and how many of them.
5: All right, Paul, very well done. The uh, top five every day on this show around 550 – Emory Winter back in the back doing his thing. Sometimes we forget he's here because he's always working so hard. And he's also become a photographer, by the way, and done a great job with that along the way at Baylor. And he is putting together our sports tonight, a one-hour condensed version of what we do every weeknight, thanks to the great folks, the CW, Josh Young and company. Craig Smoke. Paul Catalina, Garrett Ross, great stuff. Emery again, Jack McKenzie, our sponsors. The chat room, I wasn't able to get out on as much today. Sorry about that. We'll try to do better tomorrow. Joey McGuire joins us tomorrow. This is 365 Sports.